0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Roll Up, the official Philsinger Games podcast. I'm your co-host, Sam Fain, and I am joined by the tournament master, Todd Gershel. Todd, how are you? I'm
1: tired. Uh, it's <laughs> been a long weekend, but yeah. uh, <laughs> but otherwise doing pretty good.
0: Yep, uh I'm I'm right there with you, man. It's uh it was it was good though. Uh it was it was really good. There was uh, a lot of wrestling to watch and uh of yes. course there was the a lot, the, <laughs> a lot uh, of wrestling. amazing uh road to galacticon which we'll talk about uh here in a minute and uh and then would you throw in all the the regular life stuff and you know not necessarily being able to get to sleep for for no good reason. Sometimes it amounts to four hours of sleep, which is which is what I'm running on. But uh Ew. you know, it happens. Um so we don't have any teasers to talk about um yet. I mean we kind of do. Well, we can, we can recap yeah. a little bit from the con of teasers course. there, definitely. Yeah. Uh, but no like official website teasers um like we have the past few episodes. Uh so yeah, let's just let's just dive into talking about the, the con. Um we had tournaments, we had our special guest Jerry Briscoe, and of course we had our panels, and we had some great reveals. Uh, this episode, uh, if you can tell by the title, is actually going to be, uh, the meat of it will be our interview with Jerry Brisco, which was just a frickin' blast. Um, I I mean, honestly, these interviews just for me personally just get better and better and better and the opportunity to do them and and, and have these conversations is such a thrill, such a privilege Uh, and there's no denying that, you know, Jerry Briscoe is just like an all-timer. Like, if you get the chance to talk to him, talk to him, you know. Uh, And you probably will if you're going to be at the tnt hall of fame in waterloo iowa this july because as he was saying and as Chad has remarked and others that have been there have remarked it's a very intimate experience it's very easy to to uh, talk to everybody very accessible so um he's just such a great guy and i had had an absolute blast with that um but we'll get we'll get we'll get to that more later uh since you're the tournament master why don't you tell us a little bit about the tournaments that happened at the con yeah so we had uh
1: two different tournaments uh, that occurred at the con uh and uh first of all we had our um our crown of chronos tournament uh which was won by ultimatum in the end uh pete beck guided ultimatum all the way to the championship he took a totalis in the uh in the semifinals uh you know that I was a little, a little a little upset by that You know, Jim still couldn't quite uh couldn't quite make it happen there but you know that that's all right and we could, couldn't could hit that finisher at all uh but yeah ultimate beat blazing skull in the finals so Pete Beck uh won some nice champions of the galaxy goodies and uh you another FTR spot for him too which uh you know I think yeah, you got some uh People on the, you know, that were in the Zoom there weren't happy about Pete getting yet another uh, FTR spot. But, you know, Pete doesn't get you with that. So I'm just sure he'll be, he'll be
0: fine. Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. And as we mentioned, uh, it, it's worth noting at the con, uh, one of the things that we've kind of planned um, for the winners of these slots of which we already have two uh, is that instead of kind of just like going wild and seeing what sticks we're going to kind of give them a bit of a prompt you know say we, we want to fill a certain slot on the roster and you know this is this is what we want you to do go uh, and and I think that'll be really cool I think it, it adds <laughs> a, another layer of collaboration um, and really brings whoever's designing this card like kind of into the process um, as opposed to again just kind of giving, giving us something and then us making it fit uh, so I'm really looking Forward to that uh, that opportunity to you know to really make this kind of you know even a more collaborative process perhaps uh, than it has yeah. been in the past. Um,
1: and we did so, get a, a question in the in the chat. I think during which I don't know if we really addressed it uh, during the Zoom. I know we were trying to make up some time there towards the end. Somebody did ask me: Would there be a creative character contest this year? And I said yes, uh, which I, you know, I think there is some room later in the year that we might be able, that we'll be able to have at least one slot where, again, we'll probably guide, hey, we need something in this vein, but just kind of have people submit uh, different ideas for that. And we'll kind of pick, uh, pick something, either one or two good ideas uh, for that, uh, to fill out that part of the roster.
0: Yeah. Yeah, very cool. Very, very cool. I'm glad you mentioned that because I honestly missed that completely in the chat. Um, <laughs> we, we got to a certain point in the in the afternoon where I was just kind of like trying to zoom as, you know, focus, laser focus in on whatever was going on in front of me with the video and, and you know, couldn't pay as much attention to the chat since we were running over. But um, I'm glad you were on top of things and kept, kept the, the ship running smoothly. Um, and then, of course, we had our Legends Tournament. Um, yeah, so the uh, Legends
1: Tournament. Legends tournament was great. Yeah. And that one uh was all of our territorial legends there. And uh in that one we had uh, Killer Kowalski took it uh, took it home and that killer Kowalski was uh guided by Troy in the in the tournament. Uh, I had Gorilla Monsoon, I made it to the uh made it to the semifinals and lost to Dick Hutton, who went on a, a big run there. Dick Hutton took out See, Don, he took out the, the spoiler Don Curtis, Don Leo Jonathan, and Gorilla Monsoon before losing to Killer Kowalski in the finals. It was wow. a nice run by my Dick. But, Former
0: uh, NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. NCAA Champion. Wait, no, is that right? Yeah. I don't I'm know gonna if he was NCAA. I might have messed that up. I know he was an amateur wrestling champion at some point, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, but anyway, uh, yeah. So,
1: like, Killer Kowalski did take it all there. Uh, I'm trying to think of the the new cards that uh, came in. Let's see who kind of performed the best of that. I'd
0: say uh, he was a three-time NCAA wrestling champion. Oh, actually, well, there you go. <laughs> I,
1: what the heck do I know?
0: <laughs> hey, I wasn't sure either. I just I thought, but I wasn't 100. So I had to double check the checked. I checked my work as 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 other listeners are probably yelling at us right now. You know, but but that's
1: hey. good that's good. <laughs> Uh, the I guess the the new cards, the one that made it the farthest was Sputnik Monroe. Made it to the semi-finals yeah. as well before losing to Killer Kowalski, which um, was very
0: cool. Yeah,
1: yeah, Sputnik. Yeah, but... Uh, you 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 uh, had Billy Wicks against Sputnik Monroe in the first round.
0: I did, yeah, and uh, it was a great match. Uh, uh, really, really enjoyed rolling that one out, but unfortunately, in in the end, uh, Sputnik got got the win over over Billy. Uh, there will be a rematch in Central States Wrestling at some point. Uh, one funny thing that Indeed. happened in my room, um, there was some debate uh, amongst all of us, uh, which it was like me, Mike, Chad, um, Jared, the faction, and uh, we're sitting there, we're kind of trying to figure out uh, some of the rules because I was just a little rusty, and, and, and when it came to DQs, I'm like, well, we roll twice for DQs, right? Yeah, okay, right. So we get to the final match in the bracket, and we're playing out the match, and it comes down to a double DQ, and it was the Crusher and sputnik monroe and uh i rolled twice for sputnik and he failed the checks i rolled twice for crusher he failed the first one i'm thinking oh my god we're gonna go to double dq on this one he succeeds at the other one so i'm like okay crusher wins and then you could pop into the room real quick and we tell you the result and you're like there's no dq in the bracket final and i was like oh man but it was exciting <laughs> because it gave us the opportunity to restart the match and uh and sputnik ended up taking out the crusher uh after we restarted the match with his neck breaker and and, and moved on which was which was pretty cool i was I was glad to see Sputnik uh, go go a little further.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I look, you know, the, the the Milwaukee fans were not happy
0: about that result, but you know that that's all right. that, that that's match right. definitely took place in Memphis. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, there's
1: no way that restarts if it's in Milwaukee. I don't know that. Yeah,
0: right. Um, but yeah, I, I had a lot of fun um, with the Legends Tournament. I wasn't around for um, for for the Kronos Tournament, unfortunately, but the Legends Tournament was great, um, very enjoyable. And then, of course, we we got uh, we got Tom uh, in the mix. Or no, excuse me. First, we had the Dark Menace, um, which you know, controversial. Oh, that guy's awful. Always, I, yeah. Ugh. I have a feeling that guy just probably there's an odor about him. I just feel like, yeah. you know, like maybe like formaldehyde okay. and 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 motor oil. I don't know. I, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah. uh, uh, lots of questions about this. This new, is it a mask? Is it, are they cybernetic enhancements? What's going on with his face? I don't know. Maybe yeah, he wouldn't, we'll he wouldn't give any details on that. Yeah. He wouldn't. He was cagey about a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. But, uh, you know, reinforced, of course, what he's talked about in the past, that the gladiators are here to make everyone happy. Which I don't buy it. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. That's <laughs> just no, no. <laughs> uh, I've been I, their
1: mo in the past. No. <laughs> I, I tried to
0: tread lightly, but at one point I did. You know, just say it's like, well, if you're forcing everyone to be happy, is that really happiness? Um, so we'll, he didn't like that. <laughs> we'll, no, he didn't. He didn't like that. He doesn't like me. That's okay. Uh, and then, of course, the Dark Menace went back to his own time, which uh, you know I'm grateful that it's in the future, uh, far, far in the future. And we were joined by Tom Filsinger. Uh, Tom had uh, some cool comments uh, and and an announcement, didn't he?
1: Yeah. So he, he talked about uh, you know how um, you know we we announced recently the new. Um, the new platform uh, for Champions of the Galaxy, and did uh, go a little bit more detail on that. That it would be a mobile app with uh, developing with Checkmate Creative, who makes the '80s Mania Wrestling game and Modern Mania Wrestling. Uh, that it would be a new mobile app for Champions of the Galaxy. Um, you know, wouldn't be necessarily a, it wouldn't be a tabletop you know simulator. It's more, it is a booking app, very kind of similar to the uh if you played any of the 80s mania uh, products there that they've done uh kind of similar to that but very much a champions of the galaxy flavor with the storytelling of champions of the galaxy in that so uh many more things to come i think uh by the time Galacticon rolls around you'll see a little bit more there might even be um you know maybe not you know full game won't be out by then but there might be something playable then and um Yeah, it's it's some really, really cool stuff with
0: that. Yeah, it was it was great to to hear uh, a few details. Just because I know that there were definitely some questions. You know, the I think some people that had speculated that it could be an app uh, even before the announcement. There was some concern over whether or not it would just basically be a reskin, you know, of, of '80s Mania, just with GWF instead. And 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 knowing that that's not the case, that there's going to be you know, that this is going yeah. to be different. This is going to be its own thing. Um, I love the fact you know that they're going to be uh, as cool as new art. You know, would be. I do love the fact that they're going to be utilizing the existing art um, because obviously I think that well, was one
1: of the things just to kind of make it easier along. to market and stuff right. like that. Yeah, I have that. Uh, I yeah, also, and, and I, I think I know there was some talk originally. You know, would it be just a kind of like a rescan? And no, it, it is, you know, much more than that. You
0: know, it's, yeah. you know,
1: you're going to kind of go through the progression of. You know the Champions of the Galaxy timeline or GWF timeline and things like that. There, there will be different uh, pieces of that. So I think it'll be a really people who are used to the do know the the Champions of the Galaxy universe. Uh, I think it'll be very familiar to them, and I think it'll be a good thing uh, for new folks coming in. To get familiar with all those characters, which is really, I think, you know, the main reason for for wanting to do that.
0: Yeah. Now, Tom did, however, allude to the fact that this wouldn't necessarily be exactly the GWF as we know it. That you know, no, the, no. there was this desire to kind of create, you know, a roster that might be a little bit more, uh, not necessarily best of, like we got a, a couple of years mm-hmm. ago, but certainly one that's not just. The, the, the original 24 that maybe there's going to be uh, you know a few other names in there to come up with something that's very you know marketable like you were saying earlier like something that, that, that'll attract uh, yeah. a little bit more attention um, which is interesting to me because uh, again you know since the the official creation kind of of the multiverse of Champions of the Galaxy uh, you, you can almost see this product is running you know parallel to yeah. what already exists as opposed to it being on top of or overriding uh, which is which is great I think it's a unique opportunity for people to do something different if they are so inclined. Uh, and of course, the thing that was reinforced by by Tom and Mike and yourself is that uh, this in no way is going to negate any of the existing products. The tabletop yeah. you know game will of course continue just as is. The online version of the tabletop game will will continue. And improvements, you know, some quality of life stuff is coming hopefully as soon as this summer, um, which is great. I, I think that it's just a wonderful way to kind of expand and, and attract hopefully a, a different new audience uh, as well. As pleasing longtime fans, because I know I'm intrigued, and it's certainly something that at the very least I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna want to try out and and, and see, sure. you know, how, see see what it what it's like. Um, so I think it's great. I think it's fantastic, and I'm looking forward to kind of learning more about it as, as we get closer and closer to to release, and hopefully by Galacticon, like you say, we'll have something that we can get a little bit more hands-on with.
1: Yeah, I think by then you'll, you'll get to yeah, so it may not be the full release, but you'll know, get your hands on it there. And I think you know members of the community here. Uh, you know, when there is like a beta test and stuff like that available to try, you know, I think people from the community here uh, would probably get first crack at that as well. You know, nice. as long as along with some of their hardcore players of the you know, existing games, just for kind of knowing the functionality there. But I think also game players here, I think will kind of help with that as well. When we have Yeah, I think
0: that's release. great. I think it can help to also just kind of maintain that integrity that it still kind of feels like the GWF, not necessarily that it feels like the game that we know, you know, might be different, obviously, but that it still feels like, you know, like we're, we're playing, you know, GWF style wrestling or whatever. Um, and then of course, Tom also made it official that we are getting origins 2138. I mean, I think that that was kind of, you know, already in the back. I think we already kind of
1: knew that, but yeah, bad. it's official official yeah. um, now.
0: And, and it sounds like we're going to get at least 10 brand new cards um, mm-hmm. that there will be, you know, some, some updates obviously, uh, but, but new talent uh, as well coming into the GWF. Uh, sounds like there's going to be a focus on, on kind of the continuing uh, battle on Castelix and, 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 potentially kind of starting to wrap that up from, from the sounds of things uh, while also uh, a, a new kind of major subplot, uh, uh or, you know, B plot, if you, if you will, uh, coming into play that, that will be fairly new. Um, certainly sounds like, you know, godsend might be getting, uh, something together, you know, on his end. So it'll be interesting to kind of see where his story goes. And of course the gladiators will still kind of be a focal point, I think as well. So, um, exciting uh looking forward you know as as always it's you know it's it's one of the best times of the year when you get to get that new handbook in your hands and, and read what's going on, yeah, and, and I always say, like, even if you're not necessarily current, you know, even if you're playing and you're in 2092 or if you're in 2125 or wherever you are, you know, there's no reason not to just pick up the sets every year because the the, the ongoing storyline is is worth reading at the very least, and um, always gives great ideas too. I, guess, I think for for where you might be headed, you know, that's one of the advantages you have if you're if you're not necessarily current. Like, you've got a great advantage of being able to kind of of see things out and maybe make some plans for yourself and um and and see where things go but uh definitely looking forward to it
1: yeah absolutely no it should be good yeah it should be be a lot of fun yeah i think yeah i think a little bit more with like the you know politics of the gwf front office and stuff like that you know there'll be some different twists and stuff there this year so it should definitely be pretty cool
0: yeah he's definitely hinted at the fact that you know the the gwf um I mean, this was not a hint. He explicitly stated that GWF is kind of that microcosm of, of galactic affairs. And he hinted at the the notion that things might be shifting and changing, that, you know, that, yeah. the, that the committee, uh, the board, whatever you want to call it, is going to potentially make some changes that that not everyone's going to be on board with and, and may help to, you know, actually influence the direction overall of – you know galactic affairs in a way. So, yeah. Uh I I think it's cool. I love it when he brings in those types of storylines uh um you know it's it, going all the way back to the end, you know, in the ban and, and and everything that that played out with that. I was always a big fan of that particular storyline, so it'll be cool to see what happens going forward. Um and then of course we had the Briscoe interview which we'll we'll talk a little bit more about later uh which was uh, thrilling ran pretty long uh, and then we started in on some of the indie stuff which was great we had Zeke with us who had made it back from his trip to Dallas um, already he was he was home and uh, chatting with us about um, what's next which of course is the best of the indies 2022 for singles wrestlers mostly you know there's, it's possible there may be a guy in there that's a, that's more tag team focused but overall these are just singles these aren't tag teams we already got our yep. tag team set for, for the year um, do you want to talk a little bit more about this and and obviously the reveal that we got which was awesome can't wait for that card
1: yeah yeah so yeah we yeah this yeah this set uh yeah this is uh uh what is this? the fourth year in a row we've done best of in the indies as our kind of our big uh single star set uh so yeah the, then uh yeah the name that we did reveal was kevin blackwood who's a you know really big name throughout a number of indies right now, uh, and Medium has been uh, showing up at PWG a lot, uh, and uh, you know, really kind of unique moveset from that that Buffalo uh, crew with Daniel Garcia. Ding, just ding, got ding. announced.
0: Speaking, uh, yeah. Speaking of PWG, real quick, just got announced earlier today. I believe that he'll be taking on uh, Speedball Mike Bailey uh, in a oh, match at the nice. next PWG show in May. I believe. So nice. No, yeah. I just yeah. saw the
1: PWG uh, announcements were popping up on my Twitter feed, and I'm like, oh, okay, it's it's time for the yeah. next one. All right. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty cool. Pretty, pretty cool. That I saw a couple of the matches, but I honestly can't recall the others off the top of my head. But that was when I kind of took note of because I was like, oh, that'll be good.
1: Yeah. Werner was not happy with me with all the tattoos on there, but <laughs> uh, I think he did a great job. Uh, oh, yeah. All those. Yeah. Looks really good.
0: Really, really the good. The one
1: thing that we had an issue with was trying to figure out what to do with his hair. And luckily, a more recent promo shot he had, you know, had the hair shaved, so I didn't have to worry if we really wanted to dye it pink or blue or green right. or whatever he's going with that day. So, But he got to see it... Uh, Late night in Dallas, after the uh, black label pro show, uh, Zeke showed him the art and he really liked it a lot, which is great so
0: yeah, you know it's interesting because he has kind of moved away ever so slightly, not entirely I think it's still just kind of a part of of his persona, but it's not necessarily his mm-hmm you know gimmick if you will um that that prior to that he was kind of you know the, the artist you know that was kind of one of his things he he uh um the the aesthetic uh crippler and everything and i think he's moved yeah. you know just ever so slightly away from that and more into kind of that technical wrestling like you know uh, um he's yeah so so i think that with the the wild hairdos and 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 all that sort of stuff uh he definitely seems to be a little bit more um you know His presentation is a little bit more um, less less artsy, and and a little bit more serious, you know, down to brass tacks kind of thing. Um, Okay but uh, uh he's he's I, I think he's a very gifted wrestler and uh somebody that uh you know made a big change for himself recently by moving out to the west coast and a great addition to the game somebody that was of course in the tournament that we had last year when we were determining uh, an indies card for for prime i believe it was and yep. uh a lot of us on that tournament were you know, we're we're very much behind Kevin Blackwood, but when he didn't make it, we also understood, you know, that it, he'll he'll have his day. And now here he is getting to be the, the yeah. you know, first. I, I basically
1: the killed set. that one in the end. I had the last choice in the final round and uh, it's adding a rookie shame page in that one because I knew I wanted Kevin Blackwood for the set. So, yeah, know, uh, yeah, I knew that. I was like, all right, that's going to be the first name we announced. It, <laughs> it,
0: it all works out in the it end. all
1: works out. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um. So, you know, obviously there wasn't anything else to necessarily say about the set. It'll be an eight-card set, um, but no, you know, their names were... were uh, no, not at anything. this point. But soon, um, soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and worth noting, obviously, that Zeke did make some new signings just this past weekend. Um, so maybe, you know, there's there's a name. I think at
1: least one there. of them will make it into the set for sure. So. Yeah, yeah.
0: And, and of course, as always, we're, you know, we're pursuing new names, too. So there could be some names that, you know, aren't readily available right now that, that make the cut down the road so we'll see um, and then uh, of course we were able to talk some legends um mostly discussed the um the the recent release and had some questions about that which the you know the guys were were great uh, Stu and, and chad were there um and then we also got a little information about the upcoming uh four pack for may not nothing concrete i know things are a little still up in the air but do you want to maybe talk just a little bit about that
1: um, uh, I don't know how much more information I have there. As I said we will have a four pack. Um, you know, the plan is there would be at least, uh, somebody new in that, um, you know, how many new names I don't say no for sure, but at least, um, you know, at least somebody new will be in that pack. Um, but there's a couple, couple things that kind of came up recently, that maybe shifted our focus kind of last minute and maybe some things we were thinking for that set might move over to prime and kind of vice versa. So we're, we're still playing around with that lineup a little bit. Uh, So it didn't have anything, didn't have any art, definitely to show there, but you know, with the, a lot of times with the four packs, we don't have a lot to show because there's not a lot of,
0: teaser spots to have so you know we save some of that once we get going with that so (laughs) yeah yeah but of course we did get one super cool reveal which is of course the exclusive con card um, which is none other than Dr. X the the alternate persona of Dick Byer the Destroyer Um, and and immediately uh, Mike was so kind to drop it into everyone's accounts uh, and I raced right over and took a look at it while uh, the conversation was still happening Uh, maybe even while I was technically still interviewing just to get a good look at the card, and uh, it's great. I-, I love it. I love the little differences between it and the Destroyer card. I think the Destroyer card is a little bit tougher um, than than this card. But uh, the Doctor X card has some really neat mechanics for potentially, you know, uh, some heal antics if you if you're going that way with him. Um, and and yeah, just I think exactly the type of thing we love to see from some of the con exclusive cards. You know, we've gotten a lot of enhancement talent uh, prior to this uh you know the early persona for austin idol but uh as uh, my Mike, iron Mike mccord but this is just a i think a perfect use of kind of these uh con exclusive cards and getting that dr yeah. x card is pretty damn cool yeah
1: no, i think that was a, a good one yeah we're trying to come up with something like an alternate persona uh type of thing and you know that, that one kind of came up and obviously we're all very partial to the destroyer on the right. Phil Singer games uh, staff. They're so, oh no, this is a good one to have. And obviously, you know, uh, uh, Chad being, he was all for, it. you know, as a former AWA champion there too, uh, obviously he was all for uh, including <laughs> him into that for sure. Uh, but yeah, I think, yeah, we we, you know, getting it out during the con, that was something, you know, I think last, after the last, uh, the perennial con, it was a little bit of a delay in getting, both the regular cards out, which we did have to get reprinted, and then also delay in getting the online card out. So this time we wanted to try to move up the timeline a little bit, uh, uh, so that we, we, you know, had it all set up to be able to drop during the con, and then the actual card itself is already uh, gone to print there. So I should be getting that uh, soon. So hopefully those will go out uh, within the next few, you know. Probably by like next early next week is what I'm
2: hoping.
0: Yeah, and, and and this just also goes to emphasize too that even if you're unable to make the con, um, it is absolutely worth it for for the limited edition cards. Um, I, yeah. I really firmly believe that, uh, and, and and the other goodies too, because of course there's going to be a sticker um, this time around uh, as well. And uh, it's yeah, I, I think it's just a great way to, um, you know, keep getting those exclusives uh even if you're unable to uh, attend the con and of course you know that said uh when it comes to the the panels and the interviews um I'm always you know well not always sometimes you are uh but one of us remembers to to capture a recording of that uh and and if you even you, you know if you want that full unedited recording um the raw stuff and, and you've, you've paid for the admission, you know, you can always just hit me up and I'm happy to share it, um, with you. Uh, and of course, usually we put at least some of it, if not all of it in past, we've, you know, the, I think one of the cons, we actually put everything like I'm on one of the podcasts. Um, but in this case, obviously you're going to get that Brisco interview here in just a minute. Yeah. Even if you weren't at the con, even if you didn't pay to attend the con, um, so yeah, it was. Uh, it just ended up being uh, a fantastic time as usual, uh, and of course, we also got to touch back on Kronos uh, with Rob, uh, talk a little Cotg, um, uh, which was which was great uh, and and a lot of fun. And uh, I think uh, um, we didn't we didn't really we- talk. Go ahead, sorry.
1: I was say we also had um, on the indie side of things. We did also talk to uh, Impact Pro Wrestling's uh, James Jeffries yes, as well. Yes, we did. Yes, that. and uh, uh,
0: and that gave us the opportunity to reveal uh, the first official card for the Impact Pro Wrestling set, which is coming uh, in. Wait, is that that's going to be May or is that July?
1: That's going to be the July set. Okay, that's yeah, what so I July okay. July set will be that, and then. Um, that for the indies uh, TNT uh origins three. 2138 and then uh we also did announce the Tragos stas um, uh, set 3
0: right 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 oh, yeah. uh and of course the james jeffries art was was shared at the uh, at the con which looks great and he he loved it um uh yeah was was really enthused by by seeing that so um i i thought it was another great event i didn't have as much time to kind of chat as i've had in some of the other events with folks yeah. um but uh it was you know it was mostly it was mostly work but it was good uh had a blast and um am, you know just so grateful for the opportunity to get to do some of these things i mean again you know getting to interview jerry briscoe it's like that's some cool shit man
1: <laughs> some good stuff
0: it's good stuff
1: yeah i think we we changed around the schedule a little bit i think you know people were saying they really like the the panels and stuff like that a lot and maybe a little less on the tournaments so this time you know, we only have the two tournaments uh this time and a little bit more time in the panels uh now you were involved in the one tournament too, running that bracket so again that you know, didn't have as much you know open uh Discussion time, but you know, you'll have plenty of time to talk to lots of people at Galacticon.
0: That's right. That's right. right. Because of course, uh, Galacticon is is just mere months away at this point here in Chicago, Illinois. Which was another thing that we got the reveal of the logo uh, for Galacticon, which is a beautiful uh, Chicago skyline inspired uh, logo with the the Chicago um, um, stars on there as well. And uh, I just
1: today we're recording this on uh, April fourth. Which is Chicago Flag Day? I saw. That's
0: right.
1: Yes, so I was like, "Oh, it's a good day to reveal that logo," you know, for the Chicago Flag Day. It's great.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah, and uh, uh, and of course there was also the reveal that um, uh, Justin uh, Pike Mojo uh, over at uh, TKO um, would have. That's T E E. Uh, K.O. would have uh, the design available for shirts and sweatshirts. Uh, So if people wanted to grab a Galacticon T-shirt before uh, heading to Chicago for Galacticon, they can do that. Um, And I think that's about it, right? I don't think we've left anything out.
1: The only other thing that we did mention, uh, we didn't have an exact date because I'm still trying to figure that out, although I did talk with Chad today uh, a little bit about it, is uh, we are going to do another uh, kind of Singer Games night uh, which is uh, we believe is going to be uh, the during the um, first weekend in June is uh, International Tabletop Day- Gaming Day on that Saturday. We're actually thinking maybe that Friday night, uh, June third. Um, of doing it then just so you know people you know i know our game players play other tabletop games if they have other things going on that saturday we didn't want to interrupt with that but we figured maybe we can you know just you know have that as a good thing so uh you know early june i think we're gonna do something that'll be a free event you know just to kind of come on we'll play some different games i think we'll do uh play some ftr as well uh as part of that is one thing i want to do uh but i think that's that's really the only other thing i think that we announced
0: yeah yeah, yeah, I and mean, we did talk a little bit about FTR and some of the stuff that we were hoping to to incorporate uh, going forward, sure. which includes again that interactivity. Um, the the idea being that uh, holding some tournaments uh, throughout the year that would have a direct impact potentially on, on uh, storylines that uh, Todd and I are, are writing and coming up with for the the future of FTR um, to give people a chance to to influence things um, in one way or another, and then of course doing you know some sort of audio project um, as well, which uh which again we hope to incorporate you know the community in uh in, yeah. in various uh um, ways so um lots of lots and lots of cool stuff uh it, it definitely was a jam-packed event uh, you know as, as we're going over it now I'm just thinking to myself man there there, there was a lot uh uh and, and it was a big 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 weekend um you know not just in the game world but in, in real world wrestling uh, of course uh WrestleMania, uh was Saturday and Sunday the uh, Second and the third, but that only scratches the surface of everything that happened. Uh, it, you know, we call it Mania weekend, but you might as well start calling it Mania long weekend because the I think the first events that were happening in Dallas for like the lead up to Mania were actually on Wednesday. Yeah. Some of the independent events were happening on Wednesday, well, Thursday. With, not, with
1: now WWE running Friday, well, Saturday, right. and Sunday, it's like, yeah, we gotta they go. The Indies gotta start early now,
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 especially considering that NXT is running. In the afternoon on Saturday, you know what I yeah. mean? Like that used to yeah. be a prime spot for. And, and I, I, please do not mistake this for any sort of I, you know, idea or spreading any sort of conspiracy that WWE is like intentionally trying to do this to to edge out any of the uh, indie promotions that are running. I don't think that's the case at all. I think it's yeah. just the case of the way that they've grown. It's just it's necessary for them. Yeah, I mean, um, they got Friday Night SmackDown there, yeah. so
1: yeah, that's that's that's
0: going to stay. And and after SmackDown, they did the the Hall the of Hall Fame. Hall of Fame
1: after SmackDown. Yeah, yeah. that was. Yeah.
0: Um, the, uh, you don't want to go into too much detail because we do want to try to keep it somewhat short uh, tonight. But uh, one thing that's worth noting is that there was a lot of great stuff. Uh, some personal favorites for me. Uh, really enjoyed uh, Josh Barnett's Bloodsport uh, 8, uh, which was uh, produced by GCW. Um, I thought it was a, a fun event. Um, standout matches would absolutely have to be the uh, Biff Buzik and um, John Moxley match. I, I think that that was probably one of my favorite matches from from the whole weekend. And probably, prob- might, probably, probably, Crack the top five You know at one point It was sitting easily At like one or two um, But uh, there was There there ended up being A lot of great wrestling And and you know Some of it was responsible From a company that I don't you know Always think is for me These days Which is which is great I, I love to see that But um, I really enjoyed Bloodsport uh, I, I do think that When I'm looking at Like a single show The best like single show Of wrestling Personally that I saw That I enjoyed Was the Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor I know there have been Some comments Zeke even said this uh, Yesterday the con that it seemed very predictable because of the AEW talent that was on the card versus yeah. the talent that was not necessarily signed with AEW. I didn't mind that at all because at the end of the day, what I got was great wrestling. So it was, it was I was fine with that. Um, I think that, that it's very likely that the match of the weekend was FTR versus the Briscoes. I don't think that there's any other match that was better than that match. Um, I think a couple came close um, and I think you could maybe argue one or two other matches, but for me, I, I just think that FTR Briscoe's match was just off the charts. Great. Um, but the whole card was really good. Um, there was, you know, but again, there was great stuff across the map. Uh, I heard that uh, MLW had some great stuff. Impact had some great stuff. The Chris Sabin Jay White match that impact put on, I heard was fantastic. Um, there was, uh, of course there was the WrestleCon show. Uh, Joey, Janela's spring break, which had Joey Janela and X Pac in a match that was—I think—I I think by the time I had seen everything else, I felt like that match might have been a little overrated, uh, by people, mm. uh, initially, um, because it definitely doesn't, doesn't really scratch probably even my top 10, uh, at the end of the weekend. But I think that for what it was and for those, you know, two competitors and, and everything, I, I thought it was still, uh, maybe worth checking out for people. Um, so yeah, I mean, there was just there was just so so much, and then of course you get to the Hall of Fame, and you have you know some really great moments. Uh, the Steiner brothers getting inducted, uh, Scott Steiner telling a story about him and Randy Savage trying to call cows. Uh, I'm not making that up. If you missed it, uh, uh, Rick Steiner <laughs> with a really lovely you know tribute to to his brother, basically saying like you know it's not often you get to do what you love uh, and, and and you know do it at the capacity we did it, but when you get to do it with your brother, and uh, it was just, it was really, really nice to, to see the two of them inducted, whatever your feelings are on the Hall of Fame, it, you know, it's still a nice way to celebrate uh, this talent, and, and I think that the Steiners are, are, you know, they're an all-time tag team. They, they really are, um, and I, I think it was great to see them up there. Uh, Vader, obviously, it was it was awesome, um, you, you know, to, to see his uh, wife, his widow, and his son accepting for him. Uh, I thought that Queen Charmel, her speech was was lovely it was scripted as all hell but she (laughs) nailed it and that's all that matters at the end of the day Uh, she nailed it it was really well done Uh, and and the emotion on booker t's face in particular was 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 pretty wonderful to see Um, obviously the 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 shag gaspard stuff was just i mean it was it was pretty wrenching it was a little weird because again there was this element where it's like why would you script his widow in this case, like, you know, maybe some light scripting or whatever, but you could tell it was heavily scripted right down to the fact that at one point it was like, now's the point when you talk to your son. And it just, I thought that was a little odd if I'm being completely honest, but that mm-hmm. whole award is weird. Naming it after the warrior yeah. and having his wife come every damn year and be her. It was just, I don't know. I, I, I think that, that who they were honoring, And to see the, you know, to see his son out there, uh, and taking it all in wonderful, amazing, but eh, there's some aspects of it that I wasn't entirely on board with, I suppose. Um, and of course we got taker, um, Which did you see? Did you see it yet?
1: I know. I I, I did. I did watch it live. You you had uh, texted me. You are like, yeah. There is the standing ovation has been going on for five minutes. I am like, oh crap! Take yourself. So I turned it. I turned it on and it was nearly. I
0: think when it was all said and done, I think he got a nearly seven minute ovation before he started talking, and then he went into like. Mark Calloway motivational speaker mode. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is yeah. fine. It was, still, it was still a great speech. And there were some really lovely moments. And it's, and, you know, whatever. He's, he's earned it. Uh, yeah. But it was, there was this moment when I just thought, I thought to myself, it's like, is he auditioning for all the, like, you know, motivational speaking gigs he's going to do now? Like, is that what he's going to go do? You, you know? Could be. Could uh, be. Very well could be. <laughs> um, but there were some, some really great moments. It was a little odd that he didn't mention Mick Foley at all. I, I thought that think was mick strange. wasn't
1: there i think he was just kind of mentioning people
0: that were there though right well or, but he mentioned yeah. he mentioned some people that are no longer living you know what yeah, i mean sure, it would have really sure. been that bad to mention somebody who wasn't in the room you know yeah, i guess, I you're, know. Right. I guess yeah, you're right i, I think when, you, when when somebody has that big of an impact on your career you know and vice versa i mean they were pretty inseparable there for a few years yeah so that's
1: true that's
0: true i i did think that was a little odd to be honest um but uh uh overall you know they they do what they do and and i thought it was it was fun i did not watch nxt i i just i just don't have any interest in the product anymore which is which is too bad because there's again there's some incredible talent down there um i'm certainly reading about it but i amidst all the other stuff i was watching i was just like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna make it for this yeah it was uh
1: i was uh at a lacrosse game while that was going on and i had uh Rob and Jim's still uh, texting me results there. So that, that, that was my involvement with NXT there. <laughs> A little surprising about the uh, main event there. Uh, but other than
0: that, I mean, the rest of it seemed... Uh, are, you, are you aware of what happened on Raw tonight? I am not. I, I yeah. assume he must have debuted then. <laughs> I mean... It- do you, do, you want, do you want me to... do yeah, go, go ahead. Yeah, okay, so the interesting thing listening. about this is, is that we're talking about the force... The, the, the Braun Breaker lost his uh, match against Dolph Ziggler for the NXT Championship at uh, Stand and Deliver, um, which pointed kind of all signs to being like, okay, they're probably having him lose this, so he'll move up to the main roster or whatever. Right, yeah, yeah. Well, tonight, yeah, he debuts on Raw in a match against Dolph Ziggler for the NXT Championship, which he wins... What? Now he's NXT champion again, but he just happened to win it on Raw. And the weird thing that happened is, is that at, towards the beginning of the match, people were really into it and really into him. By the end of the match, it was there was not much of a reaction. So, if they were using that as like a litmus test for him, I don't know, I don't I, I don't know what they're going to judge that on. Because again, when he first came out, when he was first in the ring, some of the big spots that they had him do early on, people were really into it. But then there were some near falls towards the end of the match and people just weren't biting on any of them. Huh. And when he won the match, it kind of was just sort of like, okay, next, you know. So, I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen with that. That's um, weird. it was very weird. Odd. It, yeah, it was very weird. Uh, but but of course, look, let's face it. Uh, all 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 the other stuff aside, which again, there was some fantastic wrestling. Um, to to watch. Uh, uh, but the whole point of the weekend is WrestleMania and WrestleMania Night One. Uh, Saturday, April second. Um, it was a weird show because I felt like it started off, uh, a little rocky. Obviously, you had Rick Boogs. Um you know, just destroying his leg. Um, And, uh, and, and they had to cut the match, change the finish. Apparently the, 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 what I had read is that the finish initially was for Nakamura and Boogs to go over. But when I, when I think about that in the grand scheme of things, I'm sort of like, I don't know if, that would have made sense.
1: Yeah. I don't think
0: Especially so. given the way that raw ended tonight, having, you know, the Usos and, and Roman Reigns in the ring with all the belts and, you know, anyway. Um, so they, 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 they finished the match a little early uh, and the next couple of matches were just kind of there. And then you had Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. And much like last year, Bianca Belair having one of the best matches of the weekend. She once again has one of the best matches of the weekend. In my estimation, this match was better than the Sasha Banks match, which is saying something Because if you ask me Back against the wall Who's the better Like in-ring worker Becky Lynch or Sasha Banks I'm going to say Sasha Banks But if you ask me Who's the better Overall performer I'm going to say Becky Lynch yeah, and, and, I think and, that's and, fair. and she brought it And Becky Lynch Had one of the best Matches of her career And not because She was in the ring With Bianca Belair But because Becky Lynch Had one of the best Matches of her career Then you put her in there With Bianca Belair Who's an incredible talent And they just as, they just Tore the house down that I mean was into it Yeah it was It was fantastic um just one of the best matches of the whole the whole extended weekend. And I think honestly, there was a point where I, I you know I, I just was like, man, they just threw down the gauntlet. Like they just said, follow that, guys. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, it it worked because I felt like the you know the next few matches, people came out there and were like, all right, let's let's go to work. Um <sighs> you know, and then of course we got Seth Rollins and the american nightmare cody rhodes there you go he came out he the did. whole presentation he did. was there everything he's got the same theme music he's got the same ring gear he's got you know everything is, is that i mean it's cody um and they had an interesting match in my estimation the first half of it was fine but it just kind of felt like it was there and then all of a sudden they started pulling triggers on some of the stuff that they had set up early on that didn't feel like much. And that match just bumped up to another gear. And I thought they had an incredible match. Uh, there was a moment when Cody almost hit a pedigree on Seth. And I <laughs> remember thinking, like, I kind of wish they would have let him hit the pedigree. But but ultimately I, it was the right decision to have him not use it. Uh, you know, he ended up winning the match. And, um... It, it, it You know, it was a cool moment. And I think the thing is, is for a lot of people and myself included being a big fan of AEW and not necessarily knowing for sure what this whole situation was, what to make of everything, what to make of Cody specifically. I am I'm a Cody Rhodes fan. I, I you know, I have been since since he left, I mean, even before he left, I was a Cody Rhodes fan. I was a Cody Rhodes fan. Honestly, the minute he got up there and and helped to induct his dad into the WWE Hall of Fame, and yeah. everybody in the room was just like, "Whoa, this kid can talk," and yeah. and he can. It's true, and he can wrestle. And so, uh, you know, I've gotten the opportunity to see him live uh, a couple of times. I got the opportunity to meet him twice: once at um, when he did the AAW show at the uh, Berwyn Eagles Nest, and then once at All In, uh, which was a huge thrill to get to you know to talk to him the day after he won the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. And and hold the belt, you know, and, and, and that's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, he was, I mean, he was, he was awesome. And, uh, it, it was just an incredible moment. And, um, they, you know, they treated him right. They put him, you know, they put him over one of their biggest stars and, and Seth Rollins was just amazing as well. I mean, Seth worked his ass off. And, you know, to think that Seth had to basically build this entire, you know, mini feud, mini match, all of it by himself, in essence, you know, that there was no one else to, you know, to, to play off of, really. Um, and it, so it was great. It, it was great. And then, of course, they gave him like 20 minutes at the top of Raw tonight to go out there and talk. And did he talk? You know, it was, it was, it was a, Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful moment. And then they had this weird thing where Seth Rollins came out and he was just acting all goofy and dancing around like he normally does. And you're just kind of like, okay, like whatever. That's just that's just your character. You got to go play character. You got to go do the thing. But it just seemed like an odd uh, way to kind of put a button on the end of the segment. But anyway. Um, but at least
1: the, the Mania stuff went over pretty good,
0: though. There wasn't any issues with the Mania. No, no, the and Mania man, stuff man, was man. awesome. Uh, and then, of course, you had, uh, uh, you know, skipping over some stuff, but you had the the, the Kevin Owens uh, show with, with Stone Cold. Uh, and Owens played it so perfectly that when he said, you know, I didn't bring you out here to talk. I brought you out here because I wanted a match.
1: He said, I wanted to fight, you know, yeah. he said, like, all right, let's do it.
0: <laughs> and it was, and it was great. And it's funny because it's absolutely true. Austin was a little tentative at first. And then it's like he took those first few bumps, and it's like after he took the bumps, it, it was like, okay, we're off to the races. Right. And 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 I mean, he, he took a suplex on the concrete. Yeah, that was, was like, like, holy crap! He yeah. took a suplex on the floor. Wow. <laughs> he suplexed uh, Owens twice on the uh, on, on the ramp on the you know on the big on stage. The stage yeah. it, it was it was so much fun. It was great. It was fantastic. Yeah, was um, great way to close out the show. And um, and then we had night two. <sighs> Much like last year It just felt like such a letdown Compared to night one And yeah, night one both both last year and this year Definitely was the preferred night Yeah yeah. Uh, there, there, To me there were just some odd Miscues There were just some odd moments where you're just kind of like What is happening I, I don't understand It's like okay we're getting this match now Even on paper it didn't look as strong as night one To be honest Right yeah no Um, know. There was the Sami Zayn Johnny Knoxville stuff, which is not necessarily my cup of tea, but there's no doubt that it was entertaining. And
1: I tell you, Sammy my son Zayn. and I had a blast watching that one. That one. <laughs> I mean, that's that's we all that matters, right? Time, like yeah. that's all yeah. that matters.
0: And yeah. and Sami Zayn deserves a medal. I mean, you know, just yeah, what a what an incredible talent. And uh, uh, and then we got the AJ Styles Edge match, which was long <laughs> well they did that thing where they just they 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 they, they I, I, sk- I
1: skipped like the first half because i'm like all right nothing nothing's gonna this one's just like just gonna go on for a while yeah. I, knew. I, I mean
0: I, it, it was good it was good it was not that it wasn't good and and the thing is is like as i'm watching the match i'm just sort of like you know my god like AJ Styles is in the twilight of his career, like the waning days of his career, and he's still one of the best in the world. Yeah. Like, it's, it's it, you know, there's, there's no denying that. Um, and the match, like I said, the match was good. Uh, the, the finish was also fine. I mean, clearly they're setting something up here with... Edge's House of Black. I mean, New Brood or whatever the hell they're going to call it. But it it is interesting to think that, like, you know, they bring Cody in and they basically let him do exactly what he was doing in AEW. And now they have Edge basically doing what, like, Alistair Black was doing before he left and what he has continued to do as Malachi Black in AEW. Like, it's kind of the same thing. Like, the video packages in the suit, in the, you know, in in the darklit rooms with the scales. Like, he doesn't have the same kind of, like, You know, demonic vibe or whatever, but it's it's pretty damn close. So uh, who knows? Who knows? But it was fine. And then, of course, we also had the the Pat McAfee, Austin Theory stuff, which Pat McAfee was great. I mean, I love his entrance. His entrance is fantastic. Yeah, but there's also this element where I'm scratching my head and I'm like, "What? They get the white stripes for Pat McAfee, and like a lot of their other (laughs) new talent has to come out to like the worst flavorless crap that you can possibly." Yeah, but how many times is
1: Pat McAfee's uh, song going to play versus you know? (laughs) That's true.
0: That's true, and it's mania. Uh, It was it was awesome. No, I I I agree. I I enjoyed it. Uh, the, the The match was fine. The post match went on for way too.
1: Yeah, that was very slope, yeah. <laughs> it
0: was, it was, it, it was dragged. like, you know, Vince gets in the ring, they they, they, they ring the bell, they're going to have another match, Theory immediately blindsights uh, Mc, uh, McAfee, there's like, it, you know, lots of stuff to kind of try to keep Vince looking strong, in spite of the fact that he's 76 years old, and looks like, you know, uh, even though he's clearly still pretty ripped, a strong wind is going to blow him over, um, It it... it it was fine, but yeah, it went on way too long. They waited way too long to get Austin out there, yeah. like way too long. That glass should have broken. I mean, yeah, a lot earlier. Yeah, a lot earlier than yeah, that. Yeah. Earlier than that. And, and then you know he comes out. Vince takes the worst stunder. Oh yeah, I history. was I
1: I was laughing so. Oh yeah, about that, I was dying. I saw Mick Foley. Like I saw the video of him today, and like how yeah. how much he was like, laughing crying to Crying
0: laughing. Oh my god, yeah. That was fantastic. But you know what? It gave me one of my favorite moments of WrestleMania. Like, I I, I will absolutely admit that. And there was a moment where Austin, after he'd, like, stunned everybody, and he's got the beers in his hand, and he's just, like, the look on his face was, like, childlike glee. And not childlike glee because he's Steve Austin playing Stone Cold, who just got one over on Vince McMahon again, but because we're seeing steve austin just loving the fact that he's getting to do this you know and it was just you can't you can't teach that you can't replicate that you can't force that it was so natural it was so wonderful i even like tweeted a, a, a picture of the smile on his face at one point because it just was so beautiful to see and 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 one of my favorite moments of the weekend um uh before we get to the 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 Lesnar reigns stuff you know of course we also had the, the Logan Paul stuff which was fine he did a great job uh we had the the Ronda Rousey Charlotte Flair match which was also fine i thought they did a good job you know it was it was it, there was nothing wrong with it at all uh skipped over some stuff but whatever uh eh, lesnar reigns for a for a match that is you know being built up as the most important match ever which of course i knew it wasn't going to be there are people that tallied this and i and i and i looked into it they used a combined total between the two of them i think i think the number is 8 it might actually even be 7 7 moves they really? like somebody literally just like they tweeted they were like this is basically video game wrestling when all you do is spam your finisher mm-hmm. and it, and and it's like yeah and the thing is is that they Do it well. There's no doubt about it. Like, both of those guys know what they're doing. But when I watched the match, I just kept waiting for something more to happen. And then all of a sudden, it's over. And it does seem like they finished the match early. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it does seem like that there might have been an injury uh, on Roman Reigns. Um, there's some some uh, screenshots out there where you can see it looks like he might have, you know, potentially hurt his arm in some fashion. You know, triceps or biceps tear maybe. Um, so that could have possibly had an effect. But overwhelmingly, it, it it just felt like there was there was a higher gear that they never got to, and that there was another like five minutes at, the, at least that they could have gone. It, yeah for it being you know kind of the the final match between not that it necessarily will be but for it feeling like it should be the final match for them or the, at least the final mania main event for them it did not feel like i think it should have um it was it was kind of underwhelming
1: yeah yeah i, I yeah i kind of agree with that too i yeah. mean there was a couple a couple cool spots like i did like the spot where you know roman went for the spear and then Brock turning into Kimura. I yes. thought that was a nice, was great cool spot there, uh, which I, I think right after that is, is they went to the finish. I think that's yep. maybe when he got hurt or something like that. So, um, but, uh, I mean, a, there's some good parts there, but yeah, it did kind of, kind of fall a little flat at the end.
0: Well, same. somebody, I, I can't remember who it was now, but I had read at some point that you can, you can, if, if you go back and you watch it closely enough, you can see Brock call for the finish. Oh. Uh, so, so I guess that Brock knew that something was wrong and, and, and and was like, you know, go home. So, uh, which speaks a lot about Brock Lesnar as a professional, you know oh, what sure. I mean? Like, you, you know, the, that, that he's, he, he knows he's losing the match and not only that, but now he knows he's going to kind of lose it in unspectacular fashion because they need to get the hell out of there because the other guys hurt. Like that's, yeah. I mean, that's pretty damn cool. It is. Um, it is. So, I, you know, it, it was what it was. I, I think that overall there was a lot of stuff that I came away from this kind of just still feeling like WWE isn't quite for me. But when they step up, there's no doubt that they have the talent to accomplish incredible things and have incredibly entertaining matches. And, and, and in some cases, the type of matches that, you know... Regardless of what anybody like Meltzer or anybody else says, are stone cold classic matches, and I think that you know that that again Becky and Bianca is one of those matches. It's it's I mean, it it, to, to me that match is right up there with like Bailey and Sasha you know, in in Brooklyn. Um, so I, I think that, that there's no doubt that they have the talent to accomplish that, but they still do some weird things like show you extra long videos. They used to have the best video packages. Now their video packages are like, It's this weird combination where they're so frenetic and there's so many of these jump cuts and there's so much shit going on in them, but they still feel so turgid. It's just kind of like, how is that (laughs) possible? How is it possible that you've got this, like, frenetic, like, MTV on, you know, crack, and then all of a sudden, at the same time, I just feel like I'm, like, being buried underneath this weight, suffocated by... it. It's the strangest thing. There were too many of those packages. Um, I get Ah. that, that they used them to you know take a break between the matches yeah they, they, they had to
1: put a lot of spacing in there there's a lot of other weird video packages they just threw in just because of, well and the commercials yeah and commercials too but yeah um yeah. Yeah, it's been a while since i've watched a lot of wwe and yeah just kind of seeing like a lot of the you know again like the camera cuts and stuff like that just like oh. How quickly they're moving back and forth, and how they're like, on like a two count. They'll like randomly show somebody in the crowd, right? You know, in the middle of a of a of a, of a count. I'm like, what? Like what, what? Like I don't. There's there's some very odd choices going on in the direction. You know, yeah, like the, yeah. I,
0: I mm. <laughs> it's <laughs> I yeah. It's it's that stuff's not great but you know it's just, like I said it's just not it's not my thing you know there are clearly people that, that that enjoy it the the live crowd seemed to have a blast at the show was you know seemed to be into just about every single match um, mm. I think the one thing that I will that I will give them a lot of credit for is that none of the matches felt like they overstayed their welcome um, I, I don't feel like you know maybe you could make a case for like the AJ Styles edge match um, but I feel like most of the matches were you know, they, they, they were in and out, you know, it's like, it was, it was great. Um, Hmm. not every match needs to be 20 minutes, right. Uh, or 20 minutes plus, um, that's just not necessarily what they do anymore. And, and, and that's fine. Um, but overall, I, I, again, I I walked away from it feeling like I'm probably not going to watch WWE until next year honestly (laughs) but uh i also can understand you know they do what they do they do it well um they've you know i've been watching for 35 years i'm not going to stop watching mania now so um any other any other thoughts about the weekend or about mania
1: um nothing too much there i think we kind of captured it all um yeah, next year they're out in Los Angeles. So I probably won't That's be great. going out to that one, but we'll <laughs> see where uh, WrestleMania 40 will be. I'm, I'm hopeful I'm able to get back to one, even if I don't go to Mania itself. I would like to go and see some of the other stuff in the weekend. I, it's always a lot of fun and so many different things going on, different shows, different podcast stuff. Like I, I yeah. could go for, like, I could go for like two days and just go and visit like live podcasts and be very happy as well I think so
0: <laughs> it's pretty incredible some of the combinations you see of like people who are who are running into one another and posting pictures you know on social media and everything uh, uh, whether it's you know wrestlers who haven't seen each other in you know in years or, or you know whatever the case may be it, it, it is kind of the mecca you know it's like you you get so many people there there's even a picture floated around lately of uh, brett lauderdale and stephanie mcmahon oh that was great yeah. yeah that's yeah. priceless and jimmy boyd
1: also got a picture with stephanie too so. yeah
0: Yeah. So anyway, uh, I I think, um, you know, as always, feel free to let us know your thoughts. I know that there's already been discussion uh, on the boards uh, about the show overall. Um, You you know, I I think for for me, there's definitely been better WrestleManias. There's there's definitely been, you know, better main events. Uh, But I think they put on an entertaining show. And I think that it's probably, you know, one of the better shows that they've had. Probably, in the past like four or five years, you know um maybe maybe even more, I don't know um but it's uh it was I, I was able to enjoy it more than more than I anticipated, which is always nice. That's good. That's yeah, good. yeah. Um, one thing I did want to throw out there real quick: uh, you're the tournament master. You'll appreciate this. And I talked about Stardom on the last show. Stardom started off their Cinderella tournament, um, which is an annual tournament that they have. Uh, the winner, of course, gets to kind of call their shot for. They get one wish. They get a, a Cinderella wish, and um, they can. Uh, challenge for any belt um, that they that they choose, uh, which is cool because it's not just the singles belts. If they decide they want to go after a tag team belt or the trios belt, they can do that. Okay. Uh, usually, so they, they go for announce
1: the, they have to announce ahead of time. It's not like Money in the Bank style.
0: Yeah, right? yes, yeah, it's not Money in the Bank style. They they announce ahead of time. You know, uh, like at the end of a show, they'll come out and they'll say, "I'm challenging you for the red belt or the white belt or whatever the case may be," um, and then it'll you know a month later the match will happen or something. Um, the tournament was unique this year just because it had the largest field of competitors ever at 30. Um, they uh, kicked off the tournament with a the first round taking place in one night, and it, all of the matches uh, had a 10-minute time limit, which was great because it made the matches uh, feel kind of unique and feel like you know they're all kind of working to, to beat the clock in, in a lot of ways, which was is, which is really nice. Uh, a lot of great action took place. Uh, my favorite for the tournament, the Starlight Kid, was eliminated in the first round. Uh, which shocking uh, it was uh. definitely considered an upset now she got beat by Natsupoi, who is definitely someone that they have uh clearly you know positioned well so it's not a huge upset but it still felt like an upset um they also had two draws take place which was great because it knocked out some of the top competition uh tam nakano and, and sayo kamitani um both uh, uh went to a, 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 a draw um as well as uh uh oh I'm trying to think what the other draw was um well, I'll, I'll, I'll remember it or I won't. Um, but, uh, in addition to the, to those matches, there was of course, Julia taking on Thekla, which was, you know, a pretty big match because they are stable mates and, uh, being in the first round, everybody was interested to see what was going to happen. They almost went to a time limit draw, but in the end, Julia did get the win, uh, which is fitting. I mean, she's one of yeah, the biggest stars. Bad. Um, and, uh, I think that that was not necessarily the place that they were going to do, uh, an, an upset. Uh, oh, excuse me, I misspoke. It was Tom Nakano and Utami Hashishita that did the, the time limit draw, and then it was Micah and saya Kamitani who did um, a, a interesting draw because one of the rules that I neglected to mention: you can win a match by pinfall, or submission, or throwing your opponent over the top rope. Oh. So it was really kind of interesting. Really great psychology played into this. That's how Starlight Kid lost. Actually, was by getting um, over the top rope. There were a lot of spots that took place, like on the ring apron. Um, some really great kind of like y- y- you know wrestler in peril spots. Some you know, feet dangling over the edge. Uh, it's just some really great psychology that they were able to build into a lot of these matches. Um, and in this particular match, both of them fell off the apron at the same time, and the referee declared it a draw. Um, I-, I don't know that it was both feet touching the. The ground at the same time or whatever but you know who, who, who knows that it was a draw nonetheless um, no, not, not everyone
1: can time it as well as Hulk Hogan and pole or Northfield
0: yeah. yeah you're right um, the big upset I think of the tournament was Azumi um, who is their uh, current Lightspeed champion um, defeated Momo Watanabe who is you know one of kind of the the big names um, in in uh, stardom and I, I it was It was a surprise because it also happened in three Minutes um, wow. so Yeah it was pretty pretty huge win for Azumi um, And also interesting Because Azumi uh, her biggest Rival has been the Starlight Kid And to to get this big win And move on where a Starlight Kid has already been eliminated I think will, will kind of further their Rivalry in, in an interesting way mm-hmm. uh, The main event was uh, the current Red Belt champion Shuri taking on Ami Sarai. Um That match was, was Great it was completely different from any thing we'd seen before, which is always awesome when you when you get that, and um, Shuri, of course, won the match, uh, and afterwards, she then invited Ami Shirai to join her new stable, because Shuri used to be with Donna Del Mundo, with Julia and Tecla uh, and a few others, uh, but she recently broke away during this this rivalry with Julia, which culminated in their championship match last weekend. Uh, her new stable is called God's Eye, and um, uh, they also had, I believe, oh, um, I think it was Micah, uh, come out as well. Uh, Micah, um, and, uh, join the stable. So, uh, they, they're apparently still looking for one more member. We'll see, we'll see who it is. Um, there's room. their stables
1: be- over there. That's, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Very much, very much like, uh, you know, like the GWF there. Uh, oh, yeah. All the stables there, which is kind of cool.
0: Yeah, and they furthered some stuff with the Queen's Quest and Tai, which is really great because, you know, Tai is kind of the big heel stable. Queen's Quest is kind of the – they're not really the babyface stable because they're, they're often the kind of like we'll do whatever it takes to get to the top stable. But they don't necessarily cheat. They just might – rough house you a little bit. Um, gotcha. so, but they're definitely kind of the big stable, like, you know, used to be, you know, at the head of that stable and stuff. So anyway, um, it was, it was a great show cause it was, I felt like it was unique and it was a little bit different from some of the stuff that even they've done before. Uh, and I, I certainly recommend it, uh, checking it out. If you get the opportunity, you don't necessarily have to watch every match. Um, but at the same time, since they're all under 10 minutes, it's not hard to just kind of watch them all, you know, okay. um, if you, yeah, if you choose. So. Uh, I'll, I'll be following it to say the least
1: and yeah, a lot of people who definitely uh have been wanting to check out a lot more stardom i mean it definitely seems to have gotten uh it's getting a lot of recognition throughout the whole you know wrestling industry now uh, just you know how how what great stuff is going on there i think it's really starting to get the uh attention for people over here in the states now i think you know, even some people that were maybe more into new Japan in the past or like, yeah, maybe, you know, spend a little more time with stardom as a new Japan. I know new Japan hasn't quite captured the uh, imaginations of everybody here recently in the last two years. So yeah, maybe that, that could be another alternative then.
0: Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, it is interesting to think that they're, they're both owned by the same parent company now. Um, yeah. and that there's definitely been changes that have taken place, especially from a business perspective. Um, and stardom had their, I think their most profitable year last year, which is also kind of crazy because, you know, in the throes of the pandemic and in Japan, especially the way that they've treated everything, not necessarily the easiest thing to do, but yeah. one of the ways that they did it was by having more pay-per-views. Um, they you know they basically produced like three pay-per-views just this past week oh wow uh, cuz they did the two night um stardom world climax shows and then they did the Cinderella tournament night 1 uh so and it and it's paying off and the weird thing is, is that it is i think it is affecting the way that uh some fans in the United States have digested stardom prior to this um because they're, they're not, not everybody's running out to pay $40 for these pay-per-views because of, you know, certain fees and all that sort of stuff that uh, I, I think are, are required due to it being from Japan, but... Uh, the nice thing is, is that all of this is uploaded to Stardom World within like a few days. So yeah. if you have a Stardom World subscription, which is like eight or nine bucks a month, you get to watch all of this stuff like two days later, uh, okay. two three days later. So that's not too bad. Um, no, no, not at all, not at all. Um, but anyway, I, I, I've been following it uh, more than than I have in, in quite a while. Um, not just cherry picking matches or you know reading results, but but really watching the shows and uh, and yeah, they're, they're definitely firing on all cylinders right now, and I'm enjoying it quite a bit. So uh, check it out if if you are so inclined because the tournament um, has two more big shows throughout the month uh, and they'll, they'll wrap up towards uh, the end of this month and uh, should be really interesting to see what direction they go uh, and who's going to win. Cause I think a lot of people thought that, you know, starlight kid was kind of being primed for the win this year. Um, but now it's it's a little bit more up in the air, especially with Izumi having beaten Momo Watanabe, with Natsu Poi still, you know, being alive after the first round. I think that, you know, there's some names. Because generally the Cinderella tournament is won by someone who's not made. So, like, right. Mayu Itami won her match, for instance. She's probably not going to win the tournament, though, because... It's Mayu. You know what I mean. Like she's their their biggest name, pretty much. Um, So, yeah, it'll be interesting. Shuri, for instance, she's the red belt champion. She's not likely to actually win the tournament.
1: Probably most of the champions are probably not going to win. Right?
0: Uh, Exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Anyway, I got to say, you know, overall, you know, our tournament projection um, record here on this podcast is not fantastic. You know, first (laughs) we have. Stu picking Kentucky, you know, to win, Oof. and then they lose in the first round, uh, you know, to a 15 seed. Yeah. Now the starlight like, kid debacle. Oh my god. Oh, I This know. Know. is not good. Not
0: I good. know, I know. We just I gotta stop gotta stop picking them. Uh or or ask for better advice. And and Todd, you know who I could ask for better advice? Who's that? Jerry Briscoe.
1: You could. He's <laughs> got a lot of it.
0: Uh, he does have a lot of advice. Uh that is my is my segue into uh our, our main event for the evening. Uh if you can believe it, we're finally there. Um the interview that we conducted with Jerry Briscoe at the Road to Galacticon event. Uh Todd, anything you want to say before we run this run this tape? No. Let's let's do it. Let's run the tape. Right, let's go for it. <laughs> Promoters, uh, this is you know one of my favorite times, of course, of all of these cons so when when we get to kick off the the mm-hmm. interviews, uh, have someone special uh, on board, um, and it's been a thrill to to conduct other interviews. But I have to say that this is one of the interviews that I've been looking forward to most, uh, mainly because we we almost did this a little over a year ago for my podcast, and things kind of fell apart. Um, that's on me, not not on uh, on Jerry or anyone else. But uh, I, I'm thrilled, of course. to to welcome amateur wrestling standout, professional wrestling hall of famer, Chickasaw Nation hall of famer, on top of all of that, former uh, Booker and Road agent for the WWE, and uh, from all information that I have at my fingertips, just one hell of a standout individual and someone that I'm just thrilled to be talking to, and that is Jerry Briscoe. Jerry, welcome to the Road to Galacticon.
3: (laughs) wow did you put the pressure on me man i appreciate that intro there uh, <laughs> man i you know i was i was kind of eavesdropping in and on your conversation and it's amazing you know that how the, the characters resemble each other we're both building superheroes i think you know i think our guys are superheroes and i think uh, the the fans to follow them see them as superheroes so just trying to keep keep up and keep going and everything i enjoyed the conversation so much and you know i might I might tune in and listen again there. so thank you yeah, absolutely you're never thank too you. old you're never too old to you're never too old to learn anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: that's right. Um, well, I'm. I again, I'm. I'm thrilled to have you here, and I appreciate you. You know, not only listening in, but but having some some cool opinions uh, on what we're talking about. Because obviously, you know, there wouldn't be a game without professional wrestling. The, the whole game is built around that. And we were fortunate enough to uh, start to have involvement with Legends of Professional Wrestling and, and start that game line a little over twenty years ago. Um, and, and of course, you have been such a huge asset to that game line with your involvement over the the past few years obviously both you and your brother I think were enormous gets if you will for the game and a lot of fans were thrilled at the announcement that that you would be joining the game Uh, and then of course everything that you've done since then uh, has been quite remarkable um, for us and and helping to to get the involvement of names like Kurt Angle and Bob Backlund and and of course that that list goes on Um, but I, I wanted to start off with with kind of going back uh, to, to the beginning um, and a- ask you when you made the transition from amateur wrestling to professional wrestling, things did not necessarily develop maybe naturally for you because I know that you struggled with an illness an injury, and injury and, and left college early. Can you talk a little bit about your decision to say, hey, I'm going to go do this thing I'm gonna you know I'm gonna leave school this is what I want to be doing because I know that your brother had already been wrestling professionally at that point for a couple of years right
3: right mm-hmm. yeah it was it was, uh, wasn't, wasn't an easy transition uh and you know my mom of course was 100% against it you know leaving college <laughs> and all that stuff and uh you know but uh, you know Times were tough, and I mean, uh, you know, we didn't have a lot of lot of, lot of assets at that time. And uh, so uh, the decision on my part, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd come in and I thought I was a pretty good wrestler, you know, and Roger brought in that Fred Fossard, too, who turned out to be one of America's first world champions in freestyle. And so uh, I was competing against Fred all the time, and I had a really good freshman year. Things were looking really good. It's sophomore year. I come out, and uh, man, uh, my knee that I and, and as a sophomore, uh, the costume of my, uh, my sophomore year in high school uh, started acting up, and I had to have uh, 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 meniscus surgery right at the beginning of the season, and so I missed that season, so I come back the next season for a redshirt year, my redshirt year, and, uh, and I got hepatitis right before the season started, <laughs> And I was quarantined for like 16 days and, you know, they advised me get's no strenuous activities. I was like, well, You know, Would that qualify as non-strenuous? And, uh, doctors, of course, said no. And, uh, you know, and I was on, I, I was on, I was on a full ride and I understood Roderick needed a scholarship. And uh, so he told me I could only have half of a scholarship. And I, well, I was living at home, so, you know, books and tuition were good and so, I'd missed a part of school because of, a, of hepatitis and being in the hospital. So I come back, and, man, I just couldn't catch up. And so my grades fell, and so at half a scholarship, Roderick had to jerk it away from me because I wasn't, wasn't eligible for, for anything. So the decision uh, to, to leave school was really a financial decision. Jack had already been in the business. And I'd, when Jack started, I, was, I got to be the ring guy, drive the ring truck around, you know, and <laughs> set up the ring. And it was really funny because a lot of those old timers would say, hey, Briscoe, you know, teach us some amateur wrestling. We'll teach you a little bit of pro wrestling. So I kind of trade off, you know, show them a little, little little takedowns and stuff like that. And turn they'd show me <laughs> how, to, how to drop kick and how to throw somebody across the ring and all that stuff. So I was learning on the fly. So when I left school, you know, I, I was still sick. I couldn't couldn't immediately go into pro wrestling. So I had to I'd take three months and just do nothing. I couldn't work out. I couldn't do nothing. And you know, the doctor told me just, you know, I'd be back in the hospital. So uh, so uh, I got over the hump, and I, I got started pro wrestling. And I remember, and I, I got some friends that played football here here in the Tampa area. And he was talking the other day. He said, I, yeah, Briscoe, I remember you guys You came over to Bennett Hall, I say, you're leaving, you're leaving school, you're going to turn pro, and we, uh, yeah, how soon will you be back, you know, they were thinking, you know, 40 years later, here I am. Yeah.
1: Uh, I
0: think for the fact that it was, uh, uh, you know, not necessarily your choice, you know, that it it was something that you had been primed to do, obviously, from your experiences, both as an amateur wrestler and and helping to to set up the ring, but uh, um, that that college was something that kind of got taken away from you in a way uh, I, I think that the success that you've had and all the hard work that's led to that is is uh it's a type of story that we like to hear um you know because I think a lot of us have experienced some of those setbacks in our lives where we think what are we going to do next um and the fact that you were able to you know to go into something and have so much success uh well I was
3: is, I was just so fortunate you know my, I, my brother had led the way yeah and then Jack adapted to professional wrestling which would it really easy and, and uh, if there were uh faster than almost somebody had never been an amateur racer. his his mentality towards the business and that's the key word he knew right away it was a business he mm-hmm. knew when he stepped in that ring he could beat anybody that he stepped in the ring again so he had nothing to prove all he wanted to do was make money so you know, he never got, and we never got hung up in the winds of losses, you know, this guy's going to beat you. <laughs> well, cool. You know, how much am I getting paid? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you, you knew if you went on the mat with him, you could beat him any time you wanted to, so. <laughs>
0: right, right. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, with the credentials that you know that, that he had and that you had, it was yeah, it was it was kind of a foregone conclusion that most people you stepped in the ring with that if it was a shoot, you know, you were walking out the winner. <laughs> um, you know, sp- speaking of uh, of other guys that that you know had those amateur skills uh, and, and and athletic skills to back up anything that they were doing in the ring, I know that Danny Hodge was you know a big influence uh, for you and your brother, and um, you know you wrestled him um, to to at least i know of at least one time limit draw one hour time limit draw what was it like for you to step into the ring with somebody like danny hodge and then wrestle him to a one hour draw
3: man he was my childhood hero he was he was really my inspiration uh beside brother jack and he was brother jack's inspiration for getting in the business and uh and when we got in the business of course danny gravitated immediately to us because of our background and because of his background. And we became such great friends. traveled up and down the highway with Danny, heard old stories, would hear how, how pissed off he was at, at Art Griffin and the Cowboys, you know, the Aggies he called, hey Aggie, because they wouldn't give him a scholarship, you know, and when Port stepped up, because Danny really wanted to be an Aggie. And he, that's the reason he pinned everybody so fast in there. He said, I just went in there and show Art he made a mistake. And he, I said, I pity the guy that you wrestled. <laughs> well, you know, the only one I went over a minute was this guy and he gave me detail for detail of the match and what great stories I got for Danny Hyde, man. And I love him to death. But uh, yeah, guys like Hodge and that. So the uh, the, the transformation was, was good when you had somebody like Hodge on your side, but We're talking these old timers that come up in the '40s and '50s, you know, that survived the Dust Bowl, survived all those hard times back in uh, the Depression, post uh, uh, Depression era, and so they were some tough, tough uh, hombres that you come across. I mean, they 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 all wanted to test you one time. After one of them tested you, you didn't have much competition after (laughs) that. So when people think you know, they were always going at you. You know, you you just Hodge took us aside and said, "Don't ever let anybody out wrestle you. That's your gimmick. All these other guys have a gimmick. Your gimmick is wrestling. Don't let these guys out wrestle you. You know, they can beat you up, but out wrestle them to come back. You know, but uh, don't ever let them out And I, we took that to heart. And uh, you know, the, the, our our opponents knew our philosophy. You know, we'll do anything in the world for you, but we're not going to let you out wrestle us.
0: Uh, that's I, I I I wish that there was you know more footage that existed of those days to see you know you guys doing that and but and, I did like, answer your matches. question that
3: I, I Russ you here, here that Russ and Hod was so 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 cool you know because once again here's your childhood hero so stepping in and at that one that they have on tape and there was there was another one that was up at Savannah or somewhere up in Georgia and several others just around here in the south. But he uh, listened to Gordon and uh, Gerald Briscoe, Southern Heavyweight Champion, and Danny Hodge, two-time Olympian, silver medalist in a in a Melbourne game, three-time NCAA champion, three-time Big Eight, a uh, Big Eight uh, champion, two-time outstanding racer, record of the most falls in the history of collegiate wrestling, uh, About five-minute introduction like you gave me on only y'all. And I'm standing over in the corner, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but the, the squirrely thing about Hodge is you get going, and I think he had flashbacks, you know, of Oklahoma State and hold, holding, uh, even remembering what me, even though that was before my time, taking that, taking his, his, his uh, dislike for art out on me. Because sometimes <laughs> we get going in these spots, you know, we call spots. It's like flurries and all you're doing on the on on wrestling mat. We get going in some of those flurries, and all of a sudden, I go to hit something, and I'd I feel this vice on me. I mean, just a solid <laughs> vice. Brother, that's scary. <laughs> uh, I can only imagine. And I look back at it, and I say, hey, Daddy, it's a work. <laughs> it <is." laughs> He'd give you that, he, he, he laughed. that We all know so well, you know, and uh, he would just loosen it up then and just go about the business. But I think he would have those mental flashbacks every once in a while.
0: My gosh. Well, uh, you know, when pacing a match like that, when when you're wrestling an hour and, and and looking back, you know, 50 years ago as compared to today, when you're pacing out a match like that, you know, what's kind of the strategy for saying, okay, we're going to go an hour, you know how do we how do we pace this out so that we don't you know we don't lose steam we don't lose the audience interest you how do you build a match like that?
3: You got to build it, but Hodge and I and, and Fonks, uh, we because with Fonks and Wraith we went we went multitudes of hours with those guys, and and uh, Hodge is no no different. I mean, it's that level of athlete that you that you got to step up for. So both you got to just be mentally prepared for it that hey this guy's a world-class athlete and if you know you're going to let get left in the dust unless you pick it up so if you got any pride you got no choice but what we did we kind of broke them down at quarter hours it's a lot easier to build a 15 minutes than it is to build to an hour <laughs> so you just break them down you just break them down in 15 minute segments like and you just work basically a regular match and you can build it up and then at that 15 minute, it, depending on where you're headed, that second second quarter, uh, you, either the the baby face are down or the heel is down, and you, you you work a spot where you could you could start telling the story. You know, you go immediately to that that arm or the leg and start working on that and building your storyline. So you just break it down in a in a quarterly segment is how we did it. We had pretty good success doing it like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Um, now you, you, you mentioned like tag team um, work. Uh, obviously, the Briscoes and the Funks had a, a storied rivalry. Um, and I, I'm I'm curious, you know, being the, the Oklahoma Texas thing, how, how much uh, of, of the work that you did with the Funks felt real for you? You know, how much of that was like, yeah, I want to get one over on these guys. <laughs>
3: It was real. I mean, uh, you know, it, it was a work, and uh, we had. had and and I, I like to say you had four young collegiate athletes, Terry and Dory, both being outstanding collegiate football players at West Texas State University, and they were, they were, they were all the same age group, you know, right, right within. I think Dory was the oldest, where he's like four years or five six years older man he was a year older jack and you know the separation whatever it was there but uh the, we had we just had that competitiveness and and it's like you guys know i mean i don't need to the, the competition between oklahoma and texas is just you know it's it's hilarious if you're outside <laughs> looking. <laughs> it's, it's comical but uh, it's serious in there and uh you know, plus you had to uh, had the, the cowboys and the Native Americans too. All that, you know, with sure. the sixties, you're coming off of fifties uh, western movies. You know, so hot and everything. So you had so many ingredients that that added to the chemistry of that bash. And and once you got inside, the 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 four guys got inside. There were no egos there. I mean, we we're all just we were all there for the same purpose is to make some money and make this the best match where people all over the country will want to see it. You know, we try. Yeah.
0: Did there what was the, the fallout like um, when, you know, it came time for Dory to to drop the title? and things didn't necessarily go as they had originally planned. Was that, you know, and not even necessarily speaking for Jack, but just from your perspective, was that
3: upsetting to you? Oh, man, yeah. I, I was in Richmond, Virginia. And I wasn't out on the card. I wasn't in Houston. And I, and I got a phone call. Uh, I, I I was reaching out to somebody, hey, is it going to take place? And, my, and they said, oh, you haven't heard? I said, I haven't heard what? Dory's not going to show up. tonight. he was in an accident. I said, "You got to be kidding me!" And he said, "No." And I, uh, man. So you know number one, you know, you, 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 you hope that Dory's not too bad. You know, you hope that he's not injured. You know, yeah. where it, it's the career-ending. So that's your number one thought. Then, then as I'm get, getting more into the story, I'm, you know. I'm piecing it all together. And it's just speculation on my part, you know, and, and it'll remain speculation on everybody's uh, mind, except for juniors, you know. I mean, even Terry, you know, he'll, he'll confess it, speculation. But uh, uh, I don't know. And I, you know, yeah, but disappointment and anger, and, you know, just, but not, you know, not. Jack didn't even have any hatred or dislike or anything like it, any, you know, animosity built into this thing. It was just, you know, hey, it is what it is, you know, and, uh, you know, but it it hurt Jack and it, it hurt me and it hurt the Briscoe brothers because... We'd gone around setting up a lot of guys to come in, especially me setting up guys to come in where they beat me up and Jack won the title. Then the Jack will come in and help his little brother out. So it kind of hurt us financially in, you know, in, in that era, too. Yeah. You
0: know, it's interesting mentioning Jack's reaction is in the interviews that I've seen with him and, you know, reading his book, he did really seem to be kind of like, eh, it is what it, is. it you yeah. know is. I, I've always held your brother in very high esteem as a fan, and especially as a fan who came later, you know, and didn't really get to learn about him uh, until later through, you know, through his book and the internet and, and interviews. Um, and and I think that, you know, hearing kind of the what-ifs, like you're just talking about, about setting guys up for him to then come in and, and take out because, you know, they they beat up his little brother or whatnot. Uh, I, I do wish that, you know, there, there was more of that. In um, working with your brother, one of the things that just recently, you know, we got a window into this when the Steiner brothers were inducted into the Hall of Fame. You know, Rick Steiner talked about how much of a pleasure it was to not only do this but get to do it with his brother. Can you tell us a little bit about what it was like getting to do what you did with your brother
3: man i i you know it, it i watched that and uh oh, wow uh steiner's uh what a congratulations number one they're in our hall of fame there and uh in waterloo Iowa, the uh says hall of fame up there thank you for letting me plug that in <laughs> oh we're going to talk more about that too <laughs> yeah perfect perfect timing there so uh yeah, you know what he said. Uh, Jack and I had a, a long-range plan. When we got got in this business, uh, and I think that really what what helped us kind of see the light, and prepare for what what was down the line for. Us. So we, number one, we knew that the business wouldn't last forever. That you know there there there's a there's an the expiration mark on on how many years you can be productive in the business. We knew that because we'd seen so many old timers come through that that territory of Oklahoma at Leroy McGurk ran. And uh, Leroy was blind, as everybody knows. So he, when these guys would come through, they might be in their late 50s, and Leroy still remembers them from when they were in their 40s, you know, 30s and 40s when they were still, you know, ready to go. And these guys had changed. So we saw that early. And so we kind of prepared for that, you know. Prepared, we would make some money, less than it wisely, and uh, which we made a ton of mistakes, as everybody does. And uh, <laughs> and uh, and uh, we wish you had them back, but it's too late now. But uh, we we rode the dice, made some made some some good ones too. So, uh, but anyway, uh, we knew we had to prepare for that part of it. We we just knew what was coming down the line. So we kind of put ourselves in a position, uh, both mentally, uh, you know, where we where we ended up buying some territories and stuff like that, where we became invested in the business. So, yeah, it was it, unique.
0: Yeah. Um, speaking of, of investing in territories, one of the questions that I just got asked, and this kind of throws us into a little bit more of the future. I want to come back and talk about some other things. But um when you sold Georgia to to Vince, um, how did, you know, your relationship with him change over the years, mm-hmm. especially, you know, from the time that you sold that to you know, say attitude era and, 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 and the, and the way that maybe you saw him um, not only as being, you know, another businessman, but also being your boss and being, you know, a, a member of this creative team. I'm I'm curious as to how things might've shifted for you over those 10 or 15 years.
3: I, uh, you know, uh, making the cell originally to that. So it was, was, was unique in itself. We are we just knew that we're, really acquaintance more than, than friend with that uh, jack and i would both make independent shot not regular shots but you know every two or three years to new york to madison square garden so you get in a magazine because the magazine didn't have the budget to send the reporters out everywhere so uh, and so uh, the promoters would send you to madison square garden so all the magazines up there could could cover you So uh, we had met Vance in passing up there. Then, of course, uh, when we really got to know Vance, when we spent about five weeks uh, daily uh, head-to-head with each other negotiating that Georgia deal. That's when you really, I really, really got to know him because there were a lot of one-on-one, and we got to know Linda very well during that time, too. And uh, I tell you, both of them were were and are uh, just astounding business people and us but uh you know we, we developed a, a strong uh friendship during that negotiation time uh, and and also uh, a strong respect uh for each other and really got to know what each other was made of when you sit down and negotiate a deal like that you learn an awful lot about the person you are <laughs> negotiating with and so we knew a lot about each other so when i went into wwe I, I wasn't looking for a job, and so I got a call from, he was expanding to down here in Florida and Jordan, Carolina, and because of my experience of being an investor in these these territories, I got to know building managers from all over, and it's kind of a chain. Once you become friends with one building manager, you know, he goes to another, so there's kind of a change, so you get to know a lot of these people, make good relationships with them. So, Vance was trying to, he was having trouble. Mid-Atlantic, Crockett's, they had such a stronghold on, on the, the business down here in the South that it was almost impossible to rent a building unless the Crockett's okayed it. And, of course, they were going to okay, you know, the competition <laughs> coming in. So. They called me, yeah, I'm having trouble getting in the, in, the, in the building dinner. Can you help me? I said, well, no, I can try. So we worked out a deal then. And so that's how I actually became associated with, with the company and started working for the company it was like that. And so I negotiated my way into several buildings, and I become what they called at that time a local promoter. Where they ended up, I was only supposed to have uh, – uh, a couple of towns here in Florida, he and I ended up with like nine states throughout the the South and the Southeast down wow. here, and so uh, so I, I had a very good business relationship with Vince because my towns were making Vince money. If it had been opposite, he might have had an opposite look at me <laughs> all down the line. There. But my towns were very successful, and during that time. I was also doing the promotion, but I, some of the road agents would come in, and hey, Briscoe, what what, what, do people like here? And I'd, I'd lay out a finish. He said, why don't you just give it to the guys? So it ended up where I was kind of instructing the guys or leading the house shows. And I got back to Vince, and the guys liked it and everything. So that's when he called me and asked me if I wanted to get involved a little bit deeper in the business. And I didn't really know if I wanted to or not. Yeah. <laughs> and because I knew the work schedule up there and i you know, was semi retired down here in Florida enjoying it. Yeah, so and so I, I consented and, and then it started like a twenty-five year relationship and a friendship and I, I still consider myself friends and ever every birthday he, he'll either send me a message or give me a call. And uh I had a couple of surgeries last year, and he called me on both surgeries to make sure I was okay. So I got a good friendship with Vince, and, and a good respect for his work ethic and what he built there. Because when you see something like that from mom and pop to, to global corporation, wow, it's, yeah. it's amazing.
0: Yeah. Did did you and your brother ever have any trepidation uh over selling thinking like he's you know he's he's going to change the business, to, you know, this is this is going to change things and it's not going to be the way that that we know it? W- was there ever any kind of fear about that or did you see what he was doing as being like that's that's the way it needs to go?
3: Well, oh, I'm glad you asked that. That's a great question. And and that's exactly why we sold the back man because we had those those visions too, but we had so many and I and you know and I you know Vince well what do you think I well we thought Vince had an unlimited funds. If we know Vince was so <laughs> limited in his capital, we might have challenged. That. <laughs> but he didn't negotiate that with us you know? <laughs> <laughs> We thought he had all the back, and We all had all the rumors, you know, his, the families behind him, and the mob, and all this stuff, <laughs> you know. He, and, you know, the old Country, boy, sometimes you buy that garbage, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but you know, that's the vision that, that Jack and I had for the business because cable TV was exploding, guys, as you know, and seen in history during the entertainment business. Every we every week every two weeks, I would get these these manuals. They were every city that WTBS was expanding to, their universe, Mm -hmm. their numbers, their Mm -hmm. highs, their lows, every little neighborhood that they were hot in, every little minute detail that you could possibly want. Those demographics were infinite. I mean, they were everything there. So, wow, you know, we saw Jack and I start thumbing through here. Man, this looked like a good place to go. You know, well, we can't go there because of, to NWA and I appreciate that loyalty. But you know, it comes a time in your in their life too, you know. Uh, you know, uh the, you, you ask everybody to join you and you kinda, okay, I wanna, you know, we wanna this is for the best of the business and in our mind. But it wasn't in their minds. And I understand that everybody has their opinion. But when we made that decision, it was really rough. So we'll, so uh it 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 made a big impact on our relationship with a lot of people that took years to to overcome and rebuild, but we did it yeah
0: yeah, yeah I was actually going to ask that if the if it did kind of fracture any any relationships or if people looked at you guys any differently because of of what you had done um do you I'll think- oh, tell
3: you one I'll tell you one thing that happened to me it was on a on a bus the Terry funk was sitting on this side of the aisle of the bus, and I was on this side of the, aisle of the bus. We're riding down the New Jersey Turnpike going to uh, going to WrestleMania in the uh, giant Met stadium there, 80-some-odd thousand mm-hmm. people. All this changes. You know, Terry Funk and I, since we're two little college boys wrestling in West Texas, you know, in Lubbock, Texas, and raising hell afterwards. and uh, We're all <laughs> somewhere on this bus going into this big, huge arena. Terry Funk looks at me and he taps me on the shoulder. He says, you and your brother did the right thing. I said, what? He said, you and your brother did the right thing. I said, what do you mean? He said, by selling events. He said, I just want to tell you that. He said, look at this. And man, oh man, you talk about <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the, the divine touch, man. That was, that, that, was, that was, I said, Terry, that's the greatest thing you've ever said in my life. Thank you. Mm-hmm.
0: It is remarkable to think that, that, you know, everything that's happened since that, you know, since Vince started kind of the the march to to, to take over everything, um, knowing that you were negotiating with him, were around him, were, you know, becoming, you know, developing this relationship with him at that time, compared to what it was like once he had firmly established, you know, he won, especially by the time he bought WCW. Did you see a change in him? Like, did he change personally? Or, you know, is he just still the same guy? It's just so happened that everything that he had wanted had, you know, had kind of come to fruition. And now he had, you know, the business.
3: I don't think everything he wanted had come to fruition. I don't think right now in 2022, everything mm-hmm. he wants has come to fruition. So That's a great point. Uh, I, I that's the type of guy he is uh, he uh, you know i i of course i'm not daily around that you know as i was at one time and so i i can speak on his behalf or speak about him but just from what i see and what i what my friends uh with boots on the ground right close to him you know this guy hadn't changed. I mean, he still got that twenty-four-seven drive, and he hadn't lost a step. He hadn't lost a passion, and uh, he's still as sharp mentally as, as he could be. And I mean, you hear all these rumors. Well, do you know? And, uh, and uh, people I talk to say different. So you know, just believe what what you want to believe. <laughs> sure, sure. I, I don't think his days over yet. Uh, and like, like I said, I don't think there'll come a time when he's got what he wants.
0: Mm, Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's arguable that that is what drives people, you know, to the the highest degrees of success when they are never satisfied. You know, Mm -hmm. there's always uh, that, that drive to keep moving forward and what's next, what's next, as opposed to, you know, settling. Um, I want to, I want to go, go back now. Uh, You know, we we kind of leapt around through time a little bit, but uh, one, one of my favorite, you know, territories, if you will, has always been Japan. I love, uh, uh, Japanese wrestling to this day. Mm -hmm. And I know that you spent time in Japan. Um, and one of the guys that, that you got in the ring with on a couple of occasions was Jumbo Saruta. And I know that we, you know, we've heard stories even from you about guys like Kurt Angle and about how quickly they took to the business and that sort of thing. Well, Jumbo is kind of similar because here's a guy who, you know, one day he's, he's an amateur athlete, amateur wrestler. And then the next day they send him to Texas. He comes back to Japan and within like a year, he's one of the biggest stars in Japan. Um, So I'm curious in working with him, especially working with him. I believe the first time was 1974. I want to say early, real early. Yeah. Yeah.
3: 73, 74. Yeah. And
0: then working with him, like just a couple of years later, what types of things did you notice? And do you (coughs) look for just in general, not even with him specifically to, 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 to tell that like somebody has really grown what are the things that stand out
3: well it went i mean it was just the maturity that that he had in his body posture and, and his mindset and how he 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 in the beginning the 74 match we're both very very great i'd probably four or five years myself and uh we're both very great so we kind of were followers of, of i think when uh we were in tag teams i think i was with jack or or somebody and uh and uh and he was with baba mm-hmm. and i could have even been with don jardine i don't know but but he, he we were both kind of following their their course the match two years later i went back and man the maturity level and this guy he had turned into a man at that time there <laughs> and uh, that's a big thing when these guys start young like that you know they're 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 not mentally prepared for what they're doing and their body's not physically developed either to go into it it just takes a little when when he went to texas holy cow the the trainers he had down there dory terry senior art nielsen uh the the romero's i mean holy cow who's who of professional wrestling in the southwest he had down there training them you know and uh and and he had that he was an athlete above everything else and and an athlete you know if you coach them they're gonna learn Mm. but you gotta coach them you just can't show them you gotta coach them and they coach you they get your faith coaching you so and he picked it up and he matured from that. When he went back, I mean, he was the man in Japan. And that's my 76. There was no doubt about it. This guy is destined, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, one of the, the the cool things is just kind of looking through old results and sort of preparing for the interview. Um I mean, yeah, you, you matched up with him quite a few times, especially in 75 and then 76. Uh, it looks like you wrestled him like, you know, over half a dozen times in, in singles matches and tag right. matches. Um, and, and one of the things that I that I loved in seeing here is that he was teaming with the Destroyer a few times. And, you know, we're, we're a big fan of the Destroyer around yeah. here. Yeah, right. uh, yeah.
3: So I, I would love As to As we meet. all should be. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I, 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 do, you, do you have just kind of any story? It doesn't have to be connected to Japan or anything. Uh, a story about the Destroyer? Destroyer, you'd like to share?
3: I got a leadership story about about Destroyer, which with Dick, that's what Dick was all about. And I, I look, I got mad at him at the time, but you <laughs> know what? I learned from it, and I and I thank him at a cauliflower alley club years later. You know, he taught me a lesson. I got a little rowdy, you know We're finishing up the tour. We met me and Ricky Gibson. You know. We're leaving Japan. We got a pocket full of cash, man, like we never had before. We're feeling big. You know? <laughs> we're filling it, you know. And uh, and we got a little rowdy on the airplane, and uh, and that's one of those all-nighters red-eye from Tokyo to Hawaii. And uh, we got a little rowdy in the middle of the night. Dick, said, hey, you know, there's a couple of hundred people more on this plane than you guys, you know, hold it down. And, of course, we gave him grief. We were young rookies and didn't know any better. But you know, I, as I sat there that night, I even started realizing that night, and finally I got Ricky to pass out. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so, but I learned that I, I learned that you know, hey, be a professional no matter where you are or who you're with. And I, and like I said, years later, call Fire Alley. I said, I you know, I you know, I gave you grief on that airplane that night. And I said, I apologize. You taught me a lesson. Thank you. <laughs> mm.
0: That's that. That's uh, that's actually really cool to hear. I, I I love the fact that you know some of the stories that you've told. There's been multiple instances where you've had the opportunity to you know whether it was Terry Funk saying you guys did the right thing or in this case you know thanking the Destroyer. I, I think that one of the things that sometimes is easy to forget as fans when we're looking at certain experiences we look at just kind of like that finite amount of time. Like oh well he wrestled in Georgia from then to then. But the fact is is that the you know the the business the Brotherhood etc. It goes on, you know, for as long as you're around. Um, so, speaking of brotherhood, I want to go back one more time to uh, to talking about you and your brother Jack teaming uh, going into Starcade. Um, you, you know, one of the first like really big kind of nationally promoted events put on closed circuit. Uh, you guys had been playing the heels. And, and you know, looking at your careers, most of the time you were on the other side of the fence. Although I will say that one of the things that I always thought was so remarkable was, was you know, the fact that uh, depending on what was needed, you know, Jack could easily be the heel going in as champion, you know, just as easy as he could have been a babyface. Um, but I always think of you guys, you know, as babyfaces. So going into this program, you know, Ricky Steamboat, Jay Youngblood, what was kind of the build like for you guys? And did it feel different from things that you had done before, not just because you were heal, but also because you, what you were building towards?
3: I tell you the the, the whole secret of, of that, uh, that build of that thing. And Jack and I expounded on it several times with, you know, we had to held all these individual championships. You know, and uh, for professional wrestling, as high as you get, from world champion, world junior heavyweight champion, but uh, United States champion, every, every every one of the major titles that we could that, that was in our uh, 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 possession, we, we, we uh, in our area we could win, and even ones outside of our area, promoters would come bring us in and put the put the championships on us. For reasons, you know, uh, and so, but going into that, we we just kept making an issue. We'd been all these won all these titles, given all these titles, but we'd never never competed for the World Heavyweight Champion Tag Team Championship, and we couldn't understand why with with the credentials that we had. And so, we made that our our main focal uh, issue, even when Sarge and. Uh, uh, canoodle had it we we that was our deal we never won this title and you know they, they were heels, so so much easier so but then ricky and jay got it and uh, you know and so we made that deal. we made the belt the issue but that was our gold and we'd get these titles we'd retire and, and go home which basically we did and so but it was the pursuit you know and the deal and leading up to it we just used as logical as you could get in professional rationing, just where things look like an accident, but it was on purpose. Everybody knows it's on purpose, but you've got every right in the world to look them in the eyes and say that was an accident, and I got <laughs> proof. And depending on how you look at everything, I mean, there are 15 different opinions on one accident if there's 15 people there. So, you know, it depends on your point of view, what, how you want to? Either way, you can read it and be right. So we tried to make that our TV issues where everything we did to get heat on Ricky and Jay was either, we can say, Hey, you know, they did it to us. So we just made everything just seem so, so legit for our business. And I think people caught that and I think they saw the passion and the, and plus, we got to be those old Oklahoma arrogant boys that we wanted to be too. <laughs> you know?
0: Well, well earned arrogance. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, you know, Jay Youngblood, obviously being a part of, of that that feud, uh, unfortunately, you know, passed away young. And we did have a, a question, kind of follow up question um, from one of our fellow promoters, which a couple of these questions have been from from our fellow promoters um, about. The impact uh, of the loss of a guy like Jay. Do you you know, what do you think his trajectory would have been um, had he not passed away young?
3: I really think you know. Wow, well, you had Ricky Steamboat and man, who's <laughs> that? Who's that guy with him? Man, he steals a show every night. Being able to share the ring with him and be across the ring from him. I'd been in a ring with his brothers, his fathers, his uncles, his grandfathers, probably his mothers and grandmothers, too. But I'd <laughs> I, I shared the ring with all over Maryland. What great people and what great history they have in this business. But I think he's an unsung hero. I think he he was the glue to that team. I mean, Ricky was the the pizzazz and the star of the team. But, uh, the, the, the mule of the team was, was Jay. And he carried that load like nobody else. And now you can talk to Sergeant Slaughter and he'll tell you the same thing. Jay carried the load. Mm, mm,
0: that's fascinating. It's fascinating to hear. I, I feel like, again, you, you know, he's, he's one of those guys that there's definitely a lot more footage of obviously than, you know, guys who might've wrestled in, in the sixties and before, but, uh, there still is not as much you know it's like we've got a few big matches here and there luckily so we get to see his work but it would be really wonderful you know to really just kind of chart the the, the course of his his career as it did exist um so uh, a couple of other questions uh, I I wanted to of course talk about the Trago Synthes Hall of Fame um which you know we've been so thrilled to have this relationship with the Hall of Fame and uh I know that um a couple of your favorite people from Iowa, uh, are, are, are involved, uh, intimately with the hall of fame. Of course, that's our, our, our legends of wrestling, um, uh, Chad Olson. Uh, and of course he's here somewhere, I think in the room. Uh, and, uh, I know that, that, that Chad and you have, have, have developed quite a nice relationship. um, can you talk a little bit about the importance because we, we have like cauliflower Art club. We, there's, you know, there's the other wrestling hall of fame. There's the WWE hall of fame, but can you talk about the importance of the Trago and Thes hall of fame and what it means to
3: you? Yes, I can. And what a passion that is to me as Chad and, uh, and, and Troy will tell you it, it's, it it's, it's really what I, I want to contribute to, you know, for the, to, for the rest of my life and and i will i i, I get such enjoyment it, uh, but i get i get the honor of, of of being a figurehead leader and i say that i am the figurehead because troy and chad uh, with the without the guys without those soldiers without those boots on the ground man you got nothing and we got a team up there that, that, that it's like I described, the, the function of Briscoe, there's no, no egos in our team. We're all working for the better of one thing, and that, that's the Tragestes Museum up there. So we, we got a great team together. We're great. Uh, we're really proud to have you guys involved. We want everybody in the wrestling communities involved in this thing because the museum is all about wrestling in all of its forms. No matter what, it's sports entertainment. That's a form, you know. Unfortunately, or fortunately, any way you want to look at it, you know, <laughs> we're tied together. We are tied together. There's no escaping it. And you know, uh, some of these. What I really like about attending a lot of these events, and I'll get back to what Craig says, uh Hall of Fame, but a lot of these coaches, they grew up during that attitude era, man. And if you were in that, if you were growing up during that era, you watched, you watched one thing and you watched the WWE, you know, and you knew <laughs> all of his characters and you know, all the start. I mean, there's guys out there that did, you know, and they had other life going on and, and bless them. But a lot of these coaches grew up in it and they were open-minded enough to watch, watch pro and enjoy it. So, you know, it it just made the job so much easier, and 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 for these guys to recommend their 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 kids to me, which means a lot to me. And they know I represent the Trager Says Museum, and I always say, hey, you know, I hope to have you in there one day. So that's one of my pitches to, to, to when I was out recruiting these guys, but. But that museum, you know, it, it keeps growing, and Troy and Chad keep shooting herself in the foot every year because it gets bigger every year. <laughs> I, you know, as I say, next year, you know, no <laughs> looking back. And- and if you want if you want to blame somebody, look look at me or look in the mirror. You know it's one of the <laughs> two of us. So uh, I'm there to take the heat for anything that happened, and, uh, and I'm, uh, I hope I, I you know that I uh, that I pass uh, the praise to, to rifle people all the time, and uh, there nobody's better than these guys here. And then Jim Miller and Rebecca over at the museum. I mean Roper more. She's she's a she's a doer man you you sick her on somebody you're gonna get it done so
0: (laughs) well i i mean troy doesn't want me to let you be too modest uh because of all the work that you do and and how fantastic of a leader uh, that you are uh and i think that that comes through in your enthusiasm when talking about it and i know that again it's been something that uh, has been a, a real pleasure for a lot of the fans of the game because obviously I mean like I said to start off we're wrestling fans that's how we all got started and so many of the the people that play the Legends of Wrestling game in particular love the history of professional wrestling and so to have uh, a place where that history kind of resides and, and exists and is celebrated is extremely important to us um, so we love the fact that we get to contribute and obviously we do get to reap some rewards because that means that we get to have names like you and you know and, and your brother and Bob Backlin and kurt angle etc in the game um another guy of course who's in the game and a member of that of that hall of fame is thunderbolt patterson and uh, i'd be remiss i would be remiss if i didn't ask you to give us a thunderbolt story
3: <laughs> oh man you're talking to the guy that knows, that knows a lot of thunderbolt taught me <laughs> so much I, I i like to tell people you know when i was beginning in at, at tag team i had two guys that really meant the world to me in tag team. One was Sandy Scott, the other was Thunderbolt Patterson. And of course uh Jack goes without saying that. Uh, but uh I tell everybody Thunderbolt or Sandy Scott taught me how to work a tag team, how to have a, a psychology for a tag team, because it's so much different when you're when you're working a, a single match because you're relying on a partner and there's two of them. So your positioning and everything. So Sandy Scott taught me all the fine points how how to uh, to work an attack team. But Thunderbolt Patterson taught me how to make money in a tag team, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, and, and let that ego go to the side. There'll be nights when I'd look in the crowd and I, know, I said, "The boat, I guess I know who's who, who's doing the job tonight." There'll be other nights where he'd look in the crowd and he said, "I know it's my night." So, I mean, you know, you just feel that. But he was such a leader in, in the rig and such a teacher 24-7 to me. And I, I got so much respect for him. I mean, I love the guy. He's my brother. Jack felt the same way about him. Uh, he's just an awesome person. And get to know Thunderbolt. Thunderbolt always has a story to, for you. As you guys know, He's all you got to do is approach him. He's approachable. That's a great thing about the uh, uh, Trey Estes Hall of Fame, too. I think we're one of the most fan friendly uh, uh, events of the of the year. CAC great, but you just seem to have your your little factions. Well, we're so are so intimate and, and we're we're so close together out there. Everybody gets to meet everybody. Everybody gets to shake hands with everybody. Everybody didn't know uh, how your breath smelled or how many beers you had after. <laughs> 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 it's a fun time, and we do have some cold beer out in Iowa.
0: Well, I can't wait to attend. I was supposed to attend last year and, and then had some unforeseen circumstances arise, but I'll be there this year. And I was born in Waterloo, Iowa, so uh, I am looking I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I didn't stay long, uh, but uh, but uh, I, I'm really looking forward to getting there and, and really looking forward to having the opportunity to to meet you in person. Um one other thing, uh, we're running over on time. I hope you don't mind if if, if no
3: man. What today. what what do I got to do today? Watch WrestleMania <laughs> two. I mean,
2: um, hey, so, and, and Sam, I'm sorry to uh, yes, Tom, um, yes, jump in when when you when you have all the questions you want done. I wanted to mention something to Mister Briscoe and get his opinion, but of course, but go on. Let's finish up first. Do what sure. you need to do.
0: Sure thing, sure thing, Tom. Thank you. Uh, so, uh, again, another person that I feel like I would be remiss not to mention um, is, is Pat Patterson, and, and Pat is someone that I've been such a huge fan of for a long time, and someone that I, I hope you know he's kind of on my dream list of guys to, to get in the game eventually. Um, and I, you know, his his loss was was just I think had a huge impact not only on the
3: Let, Let's talk. Let's talk uh, the coming week about get Pat in there.
0: Okay, <laughs> um, and 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 I think that you know, f- for me personally, just reading so many stories about him, reading his book, and 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 watching you know the documentary, even that WWE produced, um, just what a wonderful human and 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 so knowledgeable. You always hear people talk about how much he knew about the business, how much he got you know finishes in particular. Um, I I would love to hear two things. One. Uh, I want to know what one of your favorite Pat Patterson stories is that you can share with us. And two, uh what type of thing did he have where he could see those finishes? Like what can you can you kind of get that break that down for us so as, as fans who don't know, you know, aren't on the inside of the business. What was it that he could do and what did he see that other people didn't?
3: Uh great question. Pat had a vision of the matches. I think Pat was able to you know, uh, we're talking to the gentleman earlier, the the, the the superhero games and all that stuff. Pat was able to transport himself into the ring and be the individual that he's obstructing. Better than anybody I've ever. I mean, we all know, we all, we all hear, you know, Pat Patterson, one of the greatest performers in history. Not only a great finish guy, but... He was a great performer too, but that don't always make you a great finish guy. It makes you a great <laughs> worker. I mean, Nick Bockwinkle, or God bless his soul, Nick was one of the greatest all time in the ring. But Nick had a had a fit trying to put put a match together, and it's, <laughs> uh, he just he just never seemed to grasp that. And uh, and so uh, so Pat was able to put himself in that position and Pat had the experience where the guys knew that the guys had respect. So Pat's philosophy was that he would fill out the guys where he'd go up to the guys and kind of give Vince and Marshall, Okay, guys, this is what, what Vince wants tonight. He wants 25, 30 minutes. In two weeks, we're coming back in this match here. You're going to be involved with, with, with him on it's going to be like a uh, three-way match where you got two other partners. So we need to build something where it's, you know, whatever the situation calls for. And he would get their opinion of it. Then Pat would take it back and kind of digest it and then run it by run it by several people. And uh then he, Pat would go out and smoke a couple of cigarettes and think a little bit, come back inside and get with the guys and throw some more stuff out there. And he always let the guys develop the storyline too, but he gave them the meat and potatoes and he let them put the fridge in there. But those meat and potatoes are the basic. And it's just like you're going on a map for, for seven minutes. You got to have that basic foundation. And so Pat gave them that basic foundation, let the guys build it. Cause they knew what they did the best, but he just knew how to get to that, that climax, that storyline better than anybody else. And, uh, it's a, it's a secret. I, I wish I'd known it because I traveled the road up and down, and I always asked Pat, "How do you do that?" And he always explained to me. I, I'd be the guy. I'd, be, I'd just be the guy. Mm. Wow! And uh, he had that amazing concept where he could be the guy. So he had what of what an influence he, he's he's had on this business, you know, both in the ring and outside the ring.
0: Yeah, I was fortunate enough to uh, get some footage uh from his time in San Francisco you know going all the way back into the to the late 60s and early 70s and and seeing him then was kind of revelatory because I had an appreciation obviously for him and seeing some of the work that he did like in the early 80s in WWF and you know the 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 match with Slaughter for instance and that mm-hmm. sort of stuff but getting to see getting to see his work you know back then it was it was a different story and you know it, just just incredible all around and uh I'll never forget that one of the times when I just really my appreciation for him grew by leaps and bounds was when uh, it was recently, it was at the end of the NXT special where Sami Zayn won the NXT title. And when Pat like ran down to the ring, it was just like, Mm -hmm. this guy's been in this business for over 50 years. And he's like a little kid, you know, celebrating what these two just did because they, you know, Neville and Zayn had had just a, incredible match and of course zane being from canada and being from quebec it it was just such a beautiful moment and it's kind of like that's what you want you want to be able to do something that even when you're you know in your 70s that you want to run out to the ring and celebrate that
3: that that passion right there explained pat patterson to me Uh, that's the passion that he had for the best we used to give pat so much grief but you know you (laughs) look back on it We'd see Pat. I mean, there'd be a match going on in the ring, and uh, Pat had put the match together. And uh, Pat had, you know, he had a huge investment. But you know, these these aren't his blood. I mean, and uh, Pat would be sitting there, and you look at Pat. Pat would be crying. Mm. He'd be so into the match. It'd be unbelievable. And we'd have Bruce and Jr. and that you should give Pat so much grief, you know, but. You know, you understood his passion, you understood why he was Pat Patterson when you saw that, and, and wow, what a feeling!
0: Yeah, uh, um, I, I could keep going all day, but one thing I do want to ask you real quick because we had a couple of people that wanted to ask a question about the Stooges, uh, and uh, <laughs> I, I had heard, um, just recently, I believe, in an interview that you did talking about how it was very organic, um, and it just happened yeah. sort of naturally. Uh, was it easy for you guys to just be goofy? Because I because you never really had done that before in your career. No. And goofy, you know, you were this amateur yeah. wrestling. Was it easy for you guys to just go out there and be goofballs?
3: No. Uh but it, was, <laughs> it, was, it was it was fun. And after we got after we got uh we really got to just of. you know, they weren't making fun of us. Everybody they're making fun of it. They weren't making fun of us, they were making us different characters. They knew we had that personality in us, and they they would see it because Pat and I. I mean, Pat and I spent hours or traveling up and down the road together. I mean, you can't sit there and be serious talk about the business twenty four seven. You know, Pat would like to do that, you know. <laughs> so I had to be a little goofy with Pat, and they would see me ribbing Pat, and that's what we want, guys. That's it, you know. And so uh, it kind of did it. when I said okay, it just kind of worked off of what they had seen backstage when Pat would get all serious and more pouty or something like that. I'd be a goofball just to call him out in some goofy way, you know. And it got old people, and they like it backstage. That's the hardest damn audience in in the business, you know. (laughs) You know, let's try this, you know. Well, we don't know what to do. We'll do what you do, you know. Okay, what is it? You know, we'll just do it. We'll tell you if it's good or not. (laughs) But this is live TV, too. Right, right. There's no mistakes. So one thing, and then we found out, the goofier we get the better they like it then man i just opened the door right there you know? <laughs>
0: yeah well i mean that was obviously that was during the probably the you know i was 15 16 17 years old during during those attitude you know days and uh you know you guys made me laugh you you, you made me excited to see stone cold kick your ass like i mean it was you know it, it was
3: it was and he kicked our ass <laughs> you know, know that, that that's the thing about it you know here you got stone cold he's fighting he's battling for that number one spot with the rock and all these other superstars so he sees two old men out there i mean you know he can't pull his punches he can't pull his (laughs) kicks he's got to go out there and and stomp a mud hole with us and he practiced what he preached there i mean it's he was steve she brought it to us every every day at night you know that hurt
0: <laughs> <laughs> what did you to speak to steve what did you think about last night uh about uh his his match I, loved it, K- man. Yeah. I loved
3: it i loved i'm glad they didn't have to do no hokey damn 15 minute match or something like that because after a while i mean they did the right things at the right time the credits to to, to kevin on for for being in the right place
0: yeah yeah absolutely um you know i didn't get the chance to ask you this earlier you mentioned your surgeries earlier how are you feeling these days like how how, how is everything
3: oh man you know uh my wife said i you know i got too, too much sympathy on that anyway very long, so <laughs> i was just she she didn't let me uh i mean i thought i was gonna run her off at the first she stayed with me after that first week man she'll stay with me so i'm doing great man i appreciate you asking and you know, it, it, you, know it, you know it's just something when you get old, and um, Blessed to get older, that I needed to get done. I probably could get done when I was on the road because our schedule sure. was so tough. So it was just stuff that I needed, minor stuff, fortunately, that I needed to get done. And I got everything done. They told me if I come one more time, they were going to give me a frequent flyer dealer to the Wendy's next door. So I <laughs> had one more step, but I'm not going for it this year.
0: <laughs> well, I, I have to say that your your tweets after after your surgery were very entertaining. Uh, it made, made me laugh quite a few times. <laughs>
3: Well, I can't take responsibility for those. They were were some mind that was working inside of my head there. (laughs) You know, I got to go, but I want to leave you with one thing. You talked about Pat Patterson a little bit earlier. I want to leave you with one thing. All right. You know who told me to tell you? I told a friend of mine I was coming on your show. You know who told me to tell you hello? Who? Nobody! <laughs> Pat Patterson' favorite joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jerry, thank
0: you so very much. I Tom Tom wanted to say something to you real quick. If you have just a second, uh, sure. Okay, sure.
2: Yeah, I'll throw this over to Tom real quick. Yeah, I don't want to keep you. Thank you so much uh, from our community for this. We're all trying to do the same thing to keep the names of wrestling alive. Um, when I first created this game, it was written to be sold to the WWF in the eighties. And I'm curious if you had contact with somebody that I worked with for about a year before the WWF instead did a Milton Bradley game that you might remember back then. I don't know. But it was a it was a children's kind of board game more than it was. A serious I
3: remember when game. it came
2: out. Yeah. Well, believe it or not, I was in the running back then wow. uh-huh. before I created my company because I created my company because that didn't work out. But I was working through a man named Robert DeBoard. Do you remember DeBoard, him? I, I remember Robert
3: DeBoard very well. Robert, Robert moved on after a few years. But yeah, I remember him. I, I had some work uh, 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 projects with Robert several times when I was doing a local promotion.
2: Okay, good. You know, I I've been asking people that, and not many people remember that name. And I was I'm really glad because now I can say I didn't imagine that but it was Robert <laughs> DeBoer. Well, right?
3: I, I tell you what, I'll do. I, uh, uh, Bruce Pritchard is a very dear friend of mine, and Bruce is still with the company. And Bruce has one of these memories that he can remember just about every damn employee WWE and WWF has ever had. There's been a lot of. Especially guys in Robert's position. Robert was a was a player for the company there. So
2: Yeah, this is early eighties and it was a yeah, time yeah. when they weren't as big yet. And when I right. called their office, Gorilla Monsoon answered the phone. <laughs> it was uh, either Gorilla or Howard, either, either time anytime you called there. That's
3: how big <laughs> they were. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah it's you funny again. funny it's funny story yeah and i'll tell you what i'll do i'll ask bruce if he if he remembers robert and he'll probably remember him might even know somebody that knows it also you know. oh is he still
2: at? is robert debord still alive
3: uh, i don't have a clue that's the reason i said i'll ask i'll ask bruce for oh, yeah. 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 information on him so yeah.
2: yeah yeah thank you so much again for taking the time to uh, my pleasure guys have a great yeah. saturday afternoon and uh
3: go brock tonight right
0: yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jerry. This has been such an honor for me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so All much. All
3: right, Great. Great. Take, Take care. care. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Take care, Jerry. Thank you. Thanks, Jerry. Thank you.
0: That was Jerry Briscoe. That was just one of the best times i i I, you know sometimes i I have to remind myself it's like man i've interviewed some wrestlers like some wrestlers that i've been like a fan of that i've watched that i'm you know that i'm so into and 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 it's always so cool but it just feels like it keeps kind of getting better you know Mm. i still like uh, like interviewing magnum ta was such a blast we were supposed to get like half an hour with him he talked to us for like almost two hours like you know that was that that was a huge thrill but you know that said, there's just been so many cool ones. Uh, um, you know, after that, and 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 Jerry Briscoe was so huge, and I I can't wait to to get the opportunity to talk to him again, even if it's only briefly, just to shake his hand and and thank him. So, um,
1: well, you know, I I think you did a fantastic job with the interview, Sam, and I had a lot of other people commenting as well. Just like I think that this was probably like what your best interview there, and and uh, you obviously you put a lot of. Uh, uh, preparation into it, it definitely <laughs> showed. So uh, great job there, Sam.
0: Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I, you know, it was no lie. Last week when I when I was telling Mike that that I had, you know, really already kind of prepared for the interview in some ways, uh, because at one point Chad and I and, and Jerry Briscoe had had this text kind of chain going between the three of us, uh, just briefly, but uh, enough to enough to like. Uh, there was a moment when I was like, "Oh man." I'm texting Jerry Briscoe. That's kind of <laughs> cool. Uh, and and because the intent was to have him on the old you know King of Pro Wrestling podcast uh, for an interview, and Chad was helping me out with that, and I was just so thrilled. And some things fell through. Uh, the timing wasn't great. Uh, I you know I didn't necessarily want to mention this yesterday during the the actual con, but uh, one of the things that happened was Pat Patterson. Uh, dying. Um, oh, yeah. we, we'd scheduled the interview for like a week or two after that, and when it happened, I actually immediately texted Chad, and was just sort of like, "I, you know, I just want to put this out here before there's any, you know, doubt or whatsoever. If Jerry's not wanting to do this interview or you know whatever, that's totally fine. Yeah. Um, and 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 he didn't, you know, he he. he we, we, we canceled it. We were thinking about doing it later. And then like he got called to do some stuff with the performance center and then mania was happening. And then before you knew it, I think, you know, things were just kind of like, I'd kind of moved on. He, everybody kind of moved on. So yeah. it was just, yeah. it, it was such a thrill to kind of finally get to do it and some, and, and ask some of the questions that, that I had prepared for him back then. Very so cool. I, I had a blast and, and I really appreciate that. It's always a great time. And I, I really do. I genuinely just feel privileged to be able to get the opportunity to do it. And I always want to try to make it, uh, an excellent experience for everyone that's there and everyone that's listening and try to ask as many of the questions as possible. And again, I, I just want to apologize. I, I, you know, I started asking some of the questions that had been thrown in the chat or, or, you know, sent to me through DMs or whatever. And I realized that I was asking those questions without attributing them to the people that initially asked them. And at that point, I was like, well, I'd already done it. So I wasn't going to start doing it then. So if you would ask a question, I asked your question, just know that I am so appreciative of you and, and, and thank you so much for doing that. And I do apologize for not necessarily attributing it to you in the moment. Um, It was, again, it was not an intentional slide. It was just one of those things kind of getting, getting caught up in the moment and keeping things moving. But, um, but I genuinely appreciate anyone who contributed to it because it, it definitely helped to make it a better experience for, for myself and for everyone. So, so yeah.
1: Absolutely. Well, yeah, I'm looking forward to, actually meeting jerry in person uh, this summer so that should yeah. be uh, a thrill as well so and get to hear some more stories uh yeah maybe uh late night at the hotel bar too we'll see okay.
0: Well, you know, and, and who knows? I'll, I'll have my portable recorder with me. Maybe we can snag some uh, some cool uh, interviews uh, on the spot. You know, be be the Very man cool. on the street. There you go. Um, I just saw, by the way, breaking news. Speaking of tournaments, that Kansas has won its fourth national title with a seventy two to sixty nine victory over North Carolina. Oh, yeah!
1: So the North Carolina missed the three pointer there with like six oh, seconds left. And I point, it could have tied it.
0: I was almost to Tar Heel. Not not on the team, obviously.
1: No, 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 but, but, but I almost I went, down almost down
0: went to, Yeah, I almost went to UNC. Um, but anyway, well, I,
1: I, I, did pick Kansas in my bracket. I, oh! I had them beating Kentucky in the championship.
0: Uh, thanks to Stu.
1: Uh, but I did pick Kansas overall to win. So, uh, I think I still came in fourth in my, uh, work pool. There you are which, the tournament you
0: know, master. So there we go. I somehow <laughs> picked the winner out of it. Still.
2: <laughs> very cool.
0: Very, very cool. Um, well, uh, this has been a blast as, as always. Um, I don't have anything else to add any more, uh, business from Fed HQ that we want to get out there before we take off.
1: I don't think so. Uh, I mean, I mean, the, the only thing I'll just say is, uh you know, just, you know, get, get your, uh, Galacticon plans, uh, in order there. If you want to join us in person, uh, the room block is open. I know a lot of people are saying, uh, they're getting their travel all figured out. Uh, I'm still working on mine uh, for, for everything still, but, uh, um, but uh, yeah, just yeah, get, get that in order there. We'll have some more details on that probably coming up soon with maybe some, you know, guest information. We'll announce that. And, uh, and then, you know, probably, yeah, uh, next week we'll start off with the, with some of the different teasers for the May releases, and then uh, for the summer releases, uh, expect uh, those to to start up maybe uh, in early June. Then uh, is kind of the plan at this point.
0: Excellent, excellent. Um, well, uh, I think that the road to Galacticon was kicked off in style. Um, mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for all of your efforts and all of your hard work, Todd. I know that it is. Not easy getting all the, the pieces put together. Um, but thank you, as always, for everything that, that you do to make those things such a success because they are undeniably a success each time. Uh, I, I
1: think it gets smoother every time. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, yeah, it I definitely is a great time for everybody to get together and uh And have some fun, so yeah, I'm very happy to continue to do those and yeah, I'd like to get more feedback from people just kind of what they wanna see from these future events that we do. I think we have a good sense of what we wanna do for Galacticon right now, uh but you know when we can, they, you know, we'll do something again in the fall, yeah, I want to hear from people what the, what they wanna have as part of that.
0: Excellent. Yeah. Um, you know, feel free to to drop those in the comments uh on the podcast or of course, you know, just shoot a direct message uh to Todd. Um or start a thread. Start a thread. Yeah, start a thread. Uh, yeah. Um enjoy enjoy the the community and the conversation, the fellowship. Um and of course, to to our, our, our missing third here, uh, Mike Molesky, I just want to say thank you so much for all of your work as well. Um, it is it is always a great team effort, and there are a lot of other people yeah. to thank. Of course, uh, everybody who pitches in and helps to run a tournament room. Um, you know anybody uh, who, who who's doing you know anything, um, keeping keeping people entertained uh, in the in the room uh, while tournaments are going on, uh, and, and of course everyone on all the teams: Zeke, Ty, Chad, Stu, Corey, Tim um the whole the whole crew rob uh and tom himself um it's always a wonderful time to get everyone together and to ask questions talk and and uh, to have a great time we didn't talk about the auction there was an auction it was great people people bought stuff and the money will go to the TNT Hall of Fame yeah now we've talked about the auction there we talked about the auction yes all right yes. let's and, get and we'll
1: out of here big, and we'll have a big one this summer too so yeah. and if only enough i got something in the mail today for the auction, that'll just go into the summer auction then. So <laughs> it missed it by a day, but that—that's that's all right. Uh, yeah. Christian uh, did get your package there. So, uh, it will be there for the summer auction for sure.
0: Awesome. Uh, well, thank you of course, to all of the listeners. Uh, we, we wouldn't be doing this without you, uh, or, or we would, we would just be talking into, you know, the darkness for no reason. Uh, and, uh, it's always wonderful to hear your thoughts and your comments. Thank you of course, to everyone else in the community that's producing awesome content. Uh, of course the uncharted territory crew, the legends team and, uh, Brockster builds, um, grandpa Choco, uh, uh, you know, everybody that, that, that's out there, uh, Lee Long Pri, uh, uh and, and, all the great stuff that, that we see on the boards and we see in the Facebook group. Um, and you know, and even on the Twitter, uh, in the meantime, take care of yourselves, take care of one another, stay safe out there. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode of roll up.